see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem because we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Good morning, men. We got Brother Jim, Brother Dave, and Ryan Byers, the DOT guy in the house today. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hi, everybody. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Dave and Jim. And Jam. Thank you. Keep forgetting I have the mic and keep got to turn around and see you over there. Well, you're good, though, because a lot of people have trouble not speaking into the mic. They turn their head. Right, right. Yeah, we just lose them. So you're doing a great job. <laughs> now, Ryan, do, do people call you the DOT guy? I got that. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the name that's just been given to me. Uh, you know, even when I was back at the patrol, the troopers would call me the DOT guy. Um, <laughs> I tried to stay really active, and I was since I was the trainer, I was the one that was from motor carrier safety. I was just the one that was always talking with the troopers throughout mm-hmm. the state. So so I just kind of adopted that name. I've got personalized plates that say the DOT guy. And <laughs> my my YouTube channel, it's the DOT guy. But you can call me Ryan. That's, that's definitely <laughs> what I answer to. I like the DOT guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's I mean, an easy thing. It's like, oh, you know that one guy? You know that one guy? You know the DOT guy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But don't be scared. He's not the DOT man. Right? He's not coming to hurt you. He's coming to help you. So. All right, Ryan. Well, you've probably heard we like to kick off the uh, podcast with the Pledge of Allegiance. If you guys are out there driving around and you want to take a moment to say the pledge with us, we'd appreciate that. Absolutely. You want to kick it off, BD? Yeah, absolutely. A pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today. We pray for the safety of our fleet, all of their families, and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and in making a good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident-free and that we all make it back to the comforts of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery for all of our family members that are ill. And no matter what, we trust you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs. It's just Jim and Dave's opinion. <laughs> no. And then, I don't know, Ryan, your opinion. That DOT guy's got some strong opinions. <laughs> but your opinions are the opinions of that your bus. Just, of your I think business. I just got thrown under that bus. Now, his opinions aren't. They're just his expressed opinion. <laughs> so basically, don't sue anybody for, on yeah, the podcast yeah. today. All right. We're having a conversation. That's it. <clears throat> a passionate conversation. So episode 117 did really well. We had 727 downloads. We are at 64.2 thousand total downloads, and we have 539 followers, which is up three from last week. But what I'm super excited about is India has had four listens in the last week. 
Wow, <laughs> India. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not an accident. Right? No. Because yesterday ah! they had three, and today they have four. So wow. if you are listening from India, first of all, thank you. Yes, and absolutely. And second of all, shoot me an email at jam at jfwtrucking.com. Because I want to know why you're listening. Jim, I know you've thrown that out there Nobody's before. ever emailed No that. one has, right? I've thrown that out and then they've emailed Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, jam at jfwtrucking.com. I'd love to hear who you are and, you know, what you do out there and what your life's about. So, yeah, that yeah, would be just an interesting conversation. It would be that? awesome. You know, I've got a client that just recently went out to India. And, I'm, you know, maybe it's them. It's about, about two or three of them went out there. They're... That's kind of where they're from, and oh. I, I, I was just sitting with them, and I may have mentioned your company, so maybe I put some business wow. out there for you, some listeners, crazy. anyways. Listeners, that, that uh, would be who really, knows? Who knows? That would be really interesting it as well. Be. Hey, the DOT guy told us to listen, <laughs> <laughs> so we do. Uh, Hi, Ryan. Did you bring a dad joke today? I sure did. Am I am I the first one up on yep. the dad jokes? Well, I first figured blood. this would be a good play on you know the DOT side of things, but we I guess we'll say, hey, what what does a, a DOT investigator and a, a slinky have in common? <laughs> oh, that'll be a good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, DOT is no, no guesses, huh? Stretching no. the truth. I don't that's know. That's the truth. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? No, I think we both like to laugh at them as they fall down the stairs. Oh <laughs> man, that's funny. That is. So I got a couple DOT jokes, but it wasn't the. It's not the appropriate DOT. But did you hear that DOT just fired a thousand of their employees? No. They found the shovel that stands up by itself. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Different DOT. Different DOT. Different DOT. But yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. And then uh, I did start a new band. A rock band is called Transportation. We're going places. <laughs> wow. Did you make that up or yeah. find it? No, I found it. Dadjokes.com. I did. I told my son the other day, I'm like, oh, they want me to tell a dad joke. And he's in the other office and he keeps firing jokes at me. I'm like, son, I'm working. You got to stop. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Uh, well, that kind of follows mine, Jam, because I did the the person that stole things. So um, do you know what I said to the person who stole my glasses? I see you. I will find you. I have contacts now. Ah. <laughs> uh, you know what I said to the person that uh, stole my place in line? No. I'm after you now. Ooh, <laughs> you're creepy this morning. And, and then I, this one's a really stupid one, though. So, Do you know what I said to the person who stole my limbo stick? No. Something about get under. That's a new low. That's a new low. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Well, Showtime, Rick Gray sent me this one. How does a penguin build its house? Oh, a block at a time or icy, I don't know. It glues together. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good one. Good job, Rick. It is cute. It is cute. It glues together. I just ran across these three. They're stupid, but they're all kind of... I call them food-related. Two are about cows, so you can <laughs> you can call it food however you want. But uh, what do cows do on date night? Oh, they they know. cuddle. No, they moo together. What? You're close. They go to movies. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> then what do they say when they hear a bad joke? Well, if it was sheep, I would go bad. <laughs> oh, come on. They're not amused. Oh, man. And then the last one, just food. Why do French people eat snails? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
they don't like fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, brother Dave. Uh, nice. Now, now, now Nobody that, said they were going to be good. Right? <laughs> oh, that's the reason they're an express. It's the delivery. It's the delivery. That's good. Right. That's great. Uh, new employees. We had uh, Polo Perea, Perea join the fleet this week. Nice. Welcome, Polo. Awesome. Yeah, welcome. Yep, JR had some really nice things to say about him. And then celebrations. Big celebration for Linda. She is a grandma once again, and we want to welcome to the world Baby Lex. Nice. Oh, Congratulations, cool. yeah. Linda. Congratulations. Congratulations, Alex and Ginger, her son and daughter-in-law. Yeah. Awesome. Anniversaries, Miss Jack Domenico last year, last week, excuse me. He, well, almost last year. Last year, yeah. Yeah, he, he hit three years on the first. And then uh, Ismael Rodriguez, he hits one year or hit one year on Saturday the 3rd. So nice. Congratulations, Congratulations guys. Yeah, way to go. Birthdays, we got Quincy Hill, uh, Monday the 5th. Super Dave's birthday was yesterday. And then Stingray and Kendrick share a birthday this Saturday the 10th. You know, Super Dave's wife, Jackie, should be in there somewhere. I bet he just didn't give us that info. Cause no, she's, she's, you just got to read down a couple lines. And uh, oh. family birthday celebrations. There you go. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday, you guys. Absolutely. Happy yep. Well, we'll just wish Jackie the happy birthday right now as well this past sunday so she gets special treatment because yeah. sd's been here for 30, 30 years yeah. yeah yeah absolutely excellent and then uh the rest of the family birthday celebrations melissa martinez she had a birthday on the 28th that's uh chili dog's wife oh and then, just saw her yesterday yeah yeah that was cool. happy, yeah, i could have wished happy yeah. birthday yep and then uh, Susan Hawk, she had a birthday this past sunday that's dan's wife yep yep happy and birthday then, sue Brenda Alvarez, she has a birthday this Saturday the 10th, and that is Francisco's wife. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, everybody. ladies. Yeah, happy birthday. She is the most engaged wife on her social media. I'll just Oh, is that right? Yeah, she, she nice. always comments, always shares. Yeah. Nice. And they're good, so. I'm, not that we get bad comments, but they're good comments. They're well yeah. thought out, I guess. I, yeah. the, kind of yeah. unusual, it's all wives this week. Ah. No kids, no... Yeah. It's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Melissa, Jackie, Susan. Yeah. All women, yeah. all wives, yeah. no daughters, no sons. Huh. <laughs> Odd. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward <laughs> silence. <laughs> I had something clever to say and then I didn't. So. <laughs> Way to go. Yep. Shout outs. Wanna give Nat Bisignano a shout out. He just bought his first home. Congratulations, yeah, congratulations, Nash. Yeah. The, the cool, American dream. Yep. Right? The cool thing is, is he was uh, he was set to buy a home, and then it failed. No, it passed inspection, but the title wasn't clear. Oh, bummer! And he lost a little bit of money on that, and ah. you know he's a little upset. And you know, talking to my realtor friends, you know, he's like, it's very rare. Usually, there's a problem with inspection. Yeah. But typically, the titles are it's clear. Clear. Yeah. The only way to not do that is you got to do the title search before you do the inspections or anything you know but who thinks of that like a lot of times you go to buy a house and it's like it's go time we're doing everything you know so he lost some money on that it was very unusual you lose money i mean usually those are well he lost money on the inspection because he had paid for an inspection he lost money that way Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So probably appraisal wasn't like he put five grand down and lost it no no gotcha Yeah. He spent some time and money to he get to that He spent some time point. and money to get to yeah, that point yeah. and then fell through. And a little bit of a bummer, but he held his head high. 
and now he just closed on a better house and a better neighborhood. Ah. And, you know, it's more like they were looking another for. Another door opens, right? Yeah, There's you know, always a reason. He definitely was giving his praises to God and God's plan and this and that. But he also said he couldn't have done it without JFW. Oh, very the good. The stability of the job that he had here led him to be able to save a lot of money and put a good down payment on the house. Fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good great. stuff. And then I know he hasn't closed yet, but I'm not trying to jinx him. But Andrick, him and his brother are working on buying uh, a home. Can't remember. might even be a duplex. So, mm. yeah. Definitely uh, cool. hoping that goes smooth for those guys. And then uh, shout out to Dwayne Sand. We were talking about wearing red for, what was it, cardiovascular day last it, week? It was, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I missed yeah. that memo. I came in, and I'm the only one who didn't have red on. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Dwayne's been wearing red since 2001. Dwayne Sand. Yeah, Dwayne Sand, the Sandman, every Friday since 2001 to support our troops. So. That's awesome. And I, I read that, and I didn't know that about the red. And yeah. I had never heard it. So I asked him, I was like, oh, remember everyone deployed? He's like, honestly, Jam? He's like, I was doing that before they came up with that slogan, and it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's known now. Yeah. yeah. It's known for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ray Davis. He gave me a call the other day, noticed somebody had a hydraulic, somebody busted a hydraulic line over at Plant 12, and uh, Ray made it his duty to go make sure everything was cleaned up and uh, the way the loader wanted it, where it didn't come back to JFW. So Nice. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, thanks, Ray. He had nothing to do with the hydraulic line. It wasn't his truck. He just happened to see what was going on and you know, was looking out for the house. In Ray fashion, took yeah. care of us. Yeah, yeah doing the right thing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Thanks, Ray Ray. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Rick Ray and Carl Janinger. If anybody noticed, I sent out that video called Eight Seconds, One Fatal Distraction on Paycom. Those were the two guys that actually emailed me back saying, wow, I watched that. Rick says he can do better. Carl was just beside himself. Like, that was really hard to watch. Yeah. Appreciate the feedback and let me know that you guys actually watched it. Yeah, I mean, that is a funny comment from Rick that I can do better when our, our safety scores are up there on the on the cameras. Right. So and, and yet he thinks he can do better. Yeah. You know, so that kind of says how impactful that video is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. I also want to give a shout out to BD. BD, I don't know all what you did yesterday, but I heard it went really well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that in there. Man, I, I half-heartedly well, read this apparently. Well, I threw that in after... <laughs> After I wrote it. But, yeah, you keep correcting me on the outline, and it's like, well, <laughs> calm down. No, man. no, no, I'm not correcting. I'm like, <laughs> that's not in where there. is that? It? Where is it? So what did you do yesterday? Tell us. Uh, so I did a presentation on the current climate of trucking here in Colorado. And uh, the uh, for the uh, Rocky Mountain, it was the 51st annual Rocky Mountain Pavement and Equipment Show. They've had it here for, this is the 50, 52nd year. So, uh it was it was kind of nerve-wracking because I'd never presented anything like that. I had to speak for 30 minutes. And when I say it was nerve-wracking, doing the speaking for 30 minutes was easy for me. Mm-hmm. Writing and creating the presentation was the hard part. And it's kind of hung over me since since October. Uh, Jim was with me in the car when, when I got the call from uh, Tom Peterson, who's the president of CAPA, the Colorado Asphalt Pavement Association. Very big player in town with all the asphalt manufacturers. And uh, when Tom called me, he said, hey, Dave, I'd like you to, to uh, do a 30-minute presentation on that. And I didn't hesitate. I was like, absolutely, I'll take care of it. You know, and I hung up the phone, and Jim kind of looked at me like, 
what are you getting yourself into? <laughs> that was that. That's not. I, I I was witness. Okay, I have to do some correction. He is absolutely right. He said, "No problem, Tom. I'll do it." He hung up. I looked over at him. He was a shade of green. <laughs> and that's when I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I just wrote a check. I hope I can cash. <laughs> right, Jim? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, well, I got a few months here. And then like in the last few weeks, he's like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So. I mean, every time Mikey walked in the office, I had my head down and I'm trying to concentrate and I'm typing and he's like, how's the homework coming, son? <laughs> and it, it did kick my butt preparing for it. The presentation was was super easy and I just really dove in. I know you guys are going to find it shocked, but how the government is absolutely crushing small business with what they're doing to the diesel requirements on greenhouse gas emissions and, and due to the climate change. And it's we're to the point, the next step here for 2027 what they're what it's going to do to our equipment and the cost of it for a fraction of a fraction is what we're going to gain that was kind of the analogy there is what the cost of the equipment what it's gone up i mean everyone here listening to the podcast just so you know there's 13 million trucks on the road 13 million semis on the road there's only 334 million people in the u.s and thank you, Chris Beam, for making me check. I checked the math twice. <laughs> and uh, it's 1500 bucks a person that's paying for the additional $45,000 per truck we're paying for trucks. So if you're a family of one, you're paying $1,500. bucks. you are family of two, you're paying three grand. Family of three, you're paying $3,500. And, and on upwards, or $4,500. And you know, six grand for a family of four. And what that equates to is you're paying it in the cost of goods, wow. your fuel, anything that a truck touches, the rate has gone up on. Mm. And that's just, it's simple math. That doesn't touch any yellow iron, any diesel pickups that businesses own, right. anything. I mean, these are all the costs that raw energy is is running up. What they're doing to crucify raw energy is basically it. Right. And it's all your government. Every stinking ounce of it is due to your government. So they're going to have us go in 2027. We're at 0.20% of NOx and particulates. They're going to make us go to 0.02. It's going to put a generator. They're, they're creating a generator in our bell housing between the transmission and engine. So on startup, the truck spins that generator. It superheats the exhaust before the exhaust comes out because that's where the bulk of the emissions are coming out of the truck is Just upon startup. startup. Wow. But, I mean, it's a fraction. Listen to that math. We're going from 0.2 to 0.02. So a 0.18 difference. Yes, yeah. yes. It, I, it, it's, it's so freaking minimal, and the cost is going to be astronomical. I mean, they're already talking the trucks are going to go up fifteen to $20,000. Wow. Over and be above what we're already at. What we're super concerned about is how many more computers are going to be on the truck? How many more sensors are going to be on the truck? Mm -hmm. It's going to add 400 more pounds of weight. You know what that's going to do to our bottom dollar? We preach every pound counts every single day. Everything about it is, is bad. And the way they've gone about it, we don't have a choice. And Colorado, you're, you're Democratic. I'm going to throw it out there. Your Democratic leaders of the state of Colorado are crushing trucking industry they've adopted carbs rules they're following carb that's the california air resources board take a look at california 
almost a million people have left. No one's going in there. Uh. So anyway, yeah, it was a good presentation. Had a lot of people. I was kind of nervous during it because I had a lot of blank faces looking at me. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm losing them. I'm losing them. I mean, I'm sure you've been there, right? Oh, yeah, you know, you're you're oh, giving yeah. some information, and there's kind of the glazed overlook, and you get one or two people that are shaking their heads. You can oh, tell they're engaged. You know, and Then afterwards, I had a dozen people come up, shake my hand. God, that was great information. You got to keep getting it out there. You know, you got to keep touching upon this stuff. What the government is doing, and I mean, we're Colorado is going to be crushed in 2027. We won't buy any trucks. Come, uh, it goes into effect. We have to adhere to it. Did we just get the final ruling, Jim? Middle of 26. Six, yeah. So yeah. Well, we'll we have be able to start to buy. reporting November of what you sent me. November uh, of this year, yes. we have to start. So there's a reporting our fleet. Yeah, there's a vehicle. What? What? Gosh, what was it called? I even wrote it out to to Rick. Anyway, any fleet over 20 vehicles has to report to Colorado because you're going to be required to have a zero emissions vehicle in the fleet for every 20 trucks. Wow. So any fleet. Starting November of this year, we have to start reporting to get this. A trucking company is going to have to report to AQCC. That's Air Quality Control wow. for Colorado. And I'm like, thank you, Jared freaking Polis, man. Mm-hmm. You you are single-handedly killing industry in Colorado. Glad killing we, us. Glad we talked about it. You know yeah. what? It's depressing. It is, Jim. Yeah, it's sad. The, the one thing that I foresee this really becoming is all the elephant graveyards of the trucking community that have got all these old broken down trucks, they're going to start resurrecting them. And we're going to see the equipment just on the road, from, yeah, especially then, the small carriers. Then, you're going to see just some total junk running up and down the road. Cause yeah. The industry is going to do everything they can to push back and to stay from this. And what the small guy is going to do, they're going to roll, run old, old, old. Ryan, I'd, I'd love to agree with that but i can't because in california you can't license anything older than no. a 2010 right now i was yeah, gonna say the government will come in we follow suit with california yeah, right. which, yeah. which which so far every step we are identical oh. i Ide- we're a mirror yeah yeah yeah, yeah and we Miss, mr polis you must love gavin newsom yeah and we we've talked about it ryan because you're right that's where the that's where we need that group of of entrepreneurs because they were seasonal here and they buy a, 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 a lower cost vehicle that can sit. And then when it's busy during the summer, they run those. Sure. And they're usually maintained because hopefully they've done their maintenance and stuff. And there is some junk out there. You're absolutely right. But it, it's, a, it's a section we need. And, and if we do follow California and they eliminate that, that's just another demise of our economy. Because right. we will have to raise our costs so that we're, we're doing something seasonal that our trucks set three months a year. And we got, we got to charge the consumer right for Plus that. Plus, you have to be able to buy that more expensive truck. Exactly. And make that payment while it's right. set. And it makes no sense. And unfortunately, they care more about the air than they do the economy. It's oh. all an agenda. Yeah. It's and horrific. it lines certain people's pockets. The yep. rest of us are just... We're pawns we're, in the we're game. We're pawns in the game. Yeah, exactly. we're, we're stuck. Yeah. And there is no common sense conversation with them. Yeah. There is yeah. none. They don't, they don't care. They're after building big government and shutting down small business, 100%. which small business is 60% of the economy in the U.S. And as they're crushing it and destroying it slowly, one day, week, month, and year at a time, pretty yeah. soon government will take over. And I, I don't know who they think will continue to fund the government. Right. Who, who's going to fund the government? Right. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. Yeah, just a picture that you've painted before of what's going to happen to, like, the hotels in Denver. Yeah. And the people that can't afford the fines for the greenhouse. Like, if everybody goes, what are we left with? 
nothing. You know, then people can't work, then yeah. people can't buy things, and it just, you know, the domino effect is just kind of yes. scary. Yeah, I mean, I just watched the the little news report. I, I don't know what channel it was, seven or nine, I think, four, seven or nine, and they they interviewed Emma Pinter. She's an Adams County commissioner, and she was part of the interview because they just fined Suncor ten point five million dollars for for air control issues. Right, it was like a two and a half million dollar fine, but eight million dollars of like upgrades. Right. But they don't say that on the news, Jim. The yeah. newspaper laid it out this morning which which really made me feel a little better right uh-huh. they find them two and a half million but they have to invest eight million in cleaner controls i was like ah i can swallow that right because right. at least you're putting the eight million in your own stuff that will keep the fines from happening hopefully but anyway emma pinter was like these people can just go we don't need so funny you say we that. don't need suncor here and i'm like oh my god what are you what planet are you from as soon as i read that yesterday i thought of you right away and i'm like why is some like why does suncor want to subject themselves to this yeah they're from canada they're yeah. doing fine in canada yeah. they could just be like you know what you're right we yeah. can just go yeah we'll be fine without yeah. colorado and what what happens here in colorado yeah. that is our only there's one it's our only refinery yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to live through it, but I would love to see it shut down for 30 days and see what happens. <laughs> right. There's going to be vehicles stuck on the side of the highway, people uh-huh. not be able to get to work. I mean, it will be, it will be a, 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 yeah, Definitely apocalyptic. Uh, just rewind it a little bit. Any other shout-outs, guys? I do. I got a, I, I got a couple. Um, since you brought it up, Dave, or since you brought it up, Jam, to Dave about him doing uh, the, the speaking yesterday, um, shout out to Ryan because I attended one of his uh, seminars up at the CMCA. Great job! Thank and, you. And you Thank and you. you and you got up there, and I know I think it was like a thirty-minute bracket. And Ryan was like, "I got a lot to get through, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go here." <laughs> and he did, and that was just so much information in what you what you spit out. But it was it was great stuff, Ryan. I I didn't I wasn't one of those people that glassed over. I promise you. <laughs> so so good job. I, Thank I think you. Appreciate you, I think that. You, I think you have a great message. Um, when you do those and then uh, the second one I kind of wanted to just give it and I know we got some more winter here but to the whole team to everybody because I know we had snow last weekend you know yesterday we had CMEX shut off they've got some testing to do that they have to start back up we've got you know fair play that's running now again they've done some testing we just got some weird stuff going on and and I just want everybody to know we're, we're behind you it's that time of year you know, we're, we're this close to breaking into March, which will be, mm. you know, might have some wet stuff, but right. better weather. Yes. You know, I, I don't know how February is going to be, but yeah, we appreciate everybody sticking with us. And, yeah. and, and I, I told Ryan this morning, just in a quick conversation that we've tried so hard not to be a seasonal company, but we're still seasonal. You know, we're moving a bunch of salt today, but it's got to snow and then you got a couple days, and then we can haul the salt. Right. And, you know, the snow plowing, we did that all weekend. We got a storm coming in this weekend. And, you know, shout out to the snow crews, the guys that are jumping on. Yeah. Chili um, dog, chili, chili dog. dog. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his yeah. communication's been on point. Everything's been right. Nice. Yep. Right. Everything. So it's just a, it's just that time, you know, <clears throat> Nat, I'm glad you were able to afford a home. And, and I know you understand how, how, how our business works. I know. I, we can't talk about it too much, and I, you know, I'm sure everybody will have questions if I make this comment. But we've we're looking at and and talking to um, we're trying to do something different for next year that hopefully we have 
a different way to look at the trucking you know maybe it might be with brandon going hey you know we need to haul x out of fair play you know you know what's the what's the spec on the rock look like what we need to do a little more planning mm. and hopefully we can we can make a winter better but heck it, it might snow like you can't believe next winter and we have all this work so i yep. i mean it's it's just tough to tell but anyway shout out to dispatch too for finding out of town work i know we've been going out of town exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and and i don't think i mean some of the guys really like to go out of town it's a yeah. break but we don't want that business that's not right. that's not us yeah. you know and, and you're away from your families <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff so anyway shout out shout out to the to the team on that one 100 yeah, yeah. Any shout-outs from you guys? No? No? No, I don't don't come up with anything there, Jim. No problem. I mean, you could have gave a shout-out to your kids or your wife, but it's cool. Oh, you know, yeah. (laughs) I figured we'd talk about that when I get to talk. Uh, I do want to talk about, I mentioned earlier, uh, the video I sent out on Paycom called Eight Seconds, One Fatal Distraction. This video is a video uh, from a truck driver's perspective and the family of the deceased that he was responsible for's perspective and it's just really impactful it's it's 10 minutes basically the driver of the truck was on his phone for eight seconds we know this because there's a video of him on the phone for eight seconds and uh there's a there's a red light and he doesn't slow down he runs over and lands uh on top of a car and ends up killing the guy it took him about two hours to cut the guy out of the car, which was either, you know, obviously too late or he may have died on impact. But a lot of lives were changed that day. You know, number one, the deceased, his family, his wife, his kids. They had to think about that man being stuck dead in a car for hours while the fire department could, you know, extricate him out. Yeah, you know, and then it affected, obviously, the driver. The driver's in jail. Or he's probably out by now. He didn't do a whole lot of time, but had to go serve time. And then he had kids, you know. So a bad decision that could wait till later could cost somebody their life. And then the amount of lives that it affects because of that is just, it's kind of sickening. So I thought it was a good video. I, I encourage everybody to watch it. Yeah, it's not a, a feel-good video. It's more of a tearjerker. It, man, if you don't... Sh- Get a little weepy-eyed watching that. There might you're, be something wrong. You're kind of you. not a good human being, is it? Right. <laughs> or, or not sensitive? That's for sure, right? Ryan, are you familiar with the video? I am not. Okay, I am, I'll, I'll I am, send it yeah, to you. Yeah, I would really like to see this. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I've actually since I've been back at JFW because I remember when I started truck driving at uh, Stevens Transport, they showed us a video, and it wasn't a live video like this. Uh, it was more of a reenactment, but there was a guy driving a truck chasing a four-wheeler and there's a kid in the seat you know turned around doing the whole honk the horn thing and no seatbelt back then you know the video was like from the 70s and 80s well that car stopped and the guy couldn't stop oh wow and he ran he ran that family over it wow i've been looking for a video like that to just because it's impactful Mm -hmm. you know to, to think that what you're doing you know in the in the eight second video the guy said I thought it would be okay. I thought it would be fine. Right. You know, and I didn't realize it was eight seconds. Right. And he said, I didn't realize how far I would go in eight, in seconds. eight seconds. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. And then also not being able to stop. Imagine just standing on your brakes yeah. with everything you got 
try not to kill a family in front of well, you. Well, wouldn't you and agree, that, Jam? Like ten of the wheels weren't even on the ground because it was on top of the car. Right. Right. Like the he, majority of his of, of his tires were on top of the car. Yeah, it was bad. It, it, it was, was bad. awful. Yeah, so. it's it's horrific. You you need to watch it and yep. and realize what you're doing. I mean, it is it 100%. is very impactful. I'd seen it before, and yep. I, that driver spent years in jail. Dave, I, I I hate to say it, I feel like he did a year. Really? Yeah. Really, because he talked about missing his his kids' birthdays and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I, I did a little Google search on it, and huh. I feel like he did. He only yeah. did a year. Yeah. I should I should watch it again just to yeah. you know you see it once and you miss a lot lot right. Yeah. Well, they didn't say that in a video. Just gotcha. I, I video I searched his name. Oh, I see. Seemed, yeah. When I take a break here, when one of you guys talk, I'll look it up. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, either way, he's in jail. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I mean, never well, drive again. One of my personal goals. Well, it's not even a goal in life. I just hope I never go to jail. I it's left. not on my. It's not on my goal. Your bucket list. I wouldn't love you. I wouldn't love you anymore if you did. Right, right. I mean, that shouldn't be a hard thing to to not have happen to you. Uh, it's yeah, a, one of those things. Also, I, I think they need to have more interaction with the public for truck awareness because most of these people you know you mentioned the four-wheelers and that they don't understand you know how these trucks operate and that they're t- constantly taking the space of your drivers and you know i think you know the same type of material needs to be pushed out to the to the the private sector so Absolutely. that they can see that and start to get that knowledge yep. i think as a society we're really missing that that vital piece so the, the driver's name was sam hicks uh, the guy he killed's name was Rob Bursick. The Minnesota Department of uh, Public Safety released devastating video featuring truck driver Sam Hicks, who was sentenced to a year in prison. Oh wow! For a crash that killed 54-year-old motorist Rob Bursick. So, well, I mean, I doubt he's going to go get a job anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, if I mean, he even drives again. Right? And this this was you know I think in 2019 or 18 or something like that. I think the laws are a little different, and those um, atomic verdicts are a little different, and oh, right. people are a little bit more out for blood in these things. So, yeah. you know, who knows what you would get now? But yeah, I remember. You know, this this doesn't compare to this video, but I remember years ago because I was fairly young and driving all the time. But the movie Pet Cemetery, where oh. the the fuel tanker and, yeah. the, and the kids coming across the road. I mean, I didn't even really. Just watching that scene in the beginning of the movie, I was like done. It bothered me so much because I was like, yep. like it happened to anyone. Because you could identify of, with that. Yes, I mean, you know, I was the guy turns up hood, the radio. He, he drops another gear or picks up another Get, gear and yeah, accelerating and, just, and yeah. that and feel good of that feeling. You know, and then what happened? He he the kid, he he hit the kid, ran over oh, a kid, yeah, and killed just, him across yeah. the street. So and much it, kid. Yeah, and the, the story. If I remember it right, that's where the story goes weird because they missed the boy so long, so much comes back to life because of the pet cemetery and oh all gotcha the, it gets really weird yeah, from there but gotcha. the opening scene is the truck and i'm just oh. like it just bothers me yeah, yeah it's not yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i have those final destination moments sometimes where it's like you know moments you go, are it's well, a moment jam final destination <laughs> moment where you're like it's not dri- like a dream right no like you're driving through an intersection and like you weren't like looking for oh right yeah, you know, and it's you. like you know you have this Bad. final destination moment like <laughs> you know somebody gonna kill me right now so yeah you can't remember going through the last two lights or <coughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. 
Uh, Jim, that kind of ties us into the safety bonus. Do you want to speak on that? Uh, absolutely. What a great segue, you know, for me making the notes because I made some notes, you know, and we talk about this eight seconds and we talk about the, the not the eight seconds, but the phone use. And I know everybody that we, we have the safety bonus. We've had the safety bonus for years. And, you know, for our for end of this year, we increased it to, by 3%. So it's a 5% total safety bonus which is quite a bit of money um, for, for the guys, you know, quarterly or for, for everybody. Um, and, you know, we just sent out a, uh, an email there talking about wearing your PPE and, you know, that if you're caught without the PPE, that it's a loss of your safety bonus because we really haven't talked about that. We haven't really, you know, pushed that. And then just before that, what was the last one we just talked about? We sent back out reminding everybody that it's a loss of your safety bonus. Was it DOT at the scale? Oh, the registration? Truck registration, overweight. And, yeah. you know, me and Dave talked, or all of us kind of talked, that it feels like we're, we're using it to beat you over the head because now we've raised the safety bonus and all that kind of stuff. And we're going, oh, we're going to use this as a tool. We're going to use this as a tool. You guys, we need something in place to, to – we can't just talk about phone usage and there be no – no repercussions. Uh, repercussion besides killing somebody. Right. We're going to make it come out of your pocket where it where it hurts you. Yep. And we just were at a deal where the Wallstrom Quarry has been taken over by Martin Marietta, which was Fry's Pit Six across the road. Martin Marietta is looking at that 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 that's not a, not a PPE free zone. So, you need to wear your PPE. And they asked Which, us. all these years, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. That was to, a free zone, right? man. You, you right? showed up at pit six. You scaled out. You were in your truck. You drove across the street. It was one of the few pits. You truly didn't need your PPE because, you know what I mean, you weren't out of it unless the truck broke or something happened yeah. inside their quarry. Yeah, right? ab- absolutely. And, and the Wallstrom quarry is going to try, or not try, they're asking us because they need to enforce that you need to wear your PPE. We sent that email out going... It's nothing that we shouldn't have been doing, but if we run into this, we have to enforce that. That's part of your safety bonus to be wearing your PPE. Do we want to take your safety bonus of uh, for not having your your PPE on? No. No, but how do how do we how do we make it hurt besides the hurt we're talking about about possibly killing somebody? Right. How do you and and that's with dollars, you guys, and we we feel bad, but we we need a wake-up call besides an accident right it can't just be a conversation <laughs> no well, no you need, you need to be aware of this and what drivers tend to forget is you as the company take a financial hit when rules aren't followed too right they they tend to just see right there in front of them that oh they're taking money away from me this isn't fair to me but what they don't realize is you know so many infractions that that affects you they get into the crash then they get that lawsuit especially these nuclear verdicts that can bring it into the an overall company so you have to have a way to enforce that and push that and right. bottom line is is you're just asking them to follow the rules right and that that's really what it is that, you're spot on ryan we're just asking to follow the rules you're required to wear your ppe when you get out of the truck yeah we provide it here's mm. here's your jacket here's your safety vest here's your hard hat here's everything you need right 100 so yeah 100%. yeah so that was that was just the you know the quick we wanted to talk about that email talk about it we don't want that safety bonus you know we're not going to try to hold it over your head but are we holding it over your head yeah, because you didn't you didn't earn it. It's 
it's like Ryan just said, we just want you to follow the rules. But that's what our customer is asking for. Right. I mean, they came to us and, you know, they... Did you know this was a PPE, not a PPE-free zone anymore? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they made us aware of it. Yeah. and Which is great because yeah. none of us knew. Absolutely. And, and, it, they, and they ask and we're yes. like... Man, if they're asking, we got to do it. That's right. that's who we are. What makes us better? Wearing your PPE. Absolutely. <laughs> we do what our customers ask. That's yeah. what makes us better. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And with the increase of the safety bonus, I mean, think about it. So you're talking about PPE. Let's talk about speeding. Or did I miss that? Okay. No. no so no, so no. speeding, yeah. right? We are paying you extra to do it the right way and slow down. Right. Yeah. You know, you're first of all, you're not gonna gain an extra load by speeding. Right. You know, you could have an accident, you could get pulled over, things that will end up costing you more time, as Super Dave says, haste yes. makes waste. But you're you if you do it right, I mean, you're talking about twelve hundred fifty bucks a quarter yeah. if you're that guy. You right. know, to, to slow down and do it right. You're not gonna make that rush into the pit. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the safety bonus is for the elite safety people, the people that are doing the job the oh, safest. Oh, good. You well know? put, Jim. Yeah. yeah. So if you're doing it wrong and you're not being safe, well, guess what? You're you not the elite. You didn't earn it. Right. You don't get the safety bonus. Yeah. Plus, let's say you have that accident that costs more than 500 bucks. You know what I mean? Now that the safety bonus is so high, we, we could use that money. Instead of giving you that money, we could use it to fund the people are doing it the right way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the. It, it sounds funnier. I'm thinking about it. Probably. Probably make you take this out, Jim. <laughs> like, Hold on. But, let me get my pen ready. <laughs> write it down. Get the time ready. But it, it's like the the safety bonus is the safest way to hurt you <laughs> to get you to pay attention <laughs> to right. be safe. Right. You know, and, and that's which is, which is terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. 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 Or make or make that good decision. Like. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know what? I'm. I'm. Eighty-seven fifty. Am I going to go down the interstate? Well, maybe not because I want my safety bonus. <laughs> right, right. Good, good. 80, yeah, and yeah. It's, when I say eighty-seven fifty, I meant eighty-seven thousand five hundred. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I should take the words out. Hurt you, and I know I said hurt you because we didn't do it. You did. You didn't earn yep. it. You know, yep. that's back to that. That responsibility falls on you, just like Ryan just said. So it's yeah, yeah it's got to follow the rules. Absolutely. All right, next up, uh, Coleman Amara hit me up the other day, and he wanted to let us know, when you're at Coors, if you see a fusion truck, or as Jason Gamage calls it, a Fusion truck, <laughs> uh, they are running channel four and seven if you need to communicate with them. So if you need to get a hold of them, just jump down to those channels, help them out. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Coleman actually talked to one of those drivers and let them know we run channel 23. So, oh, very you know, good. I want to slip in there right quick on the shout-outs, Jam. You, you, it hit me like I do have a couple. Great. I totally let's, spaced them out. Yeah, I made it. a point to thank a couple people privately, but here it is on the air. So JR really helped me out wow. on that uh, the presentation because he was able to set up all my PowerPoint slides for me. Yeah. So he was a rock star, helped me out. He We worked for like seven hours last Friday doing all of those <laughs> slides, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is he was doing all the work. It was painful for me. Right. <laughs> and yeah. he was doing all the work. And then my wife helped me this weekend. So shout out Janet and JR. I appreciate nice. it. Perfect. 
Yeah. You, you, since everybody's doing one, you better let me get in there. Get too. in there. So, you know, he throws you, you the guilt on you. He kind of made me feel bad after, after that whole, that whole little like, wow, bro, in there. But, you, you don't love it or like you know, it? No, I, I actually, I've, I've been sitting here just stewing on it. You put that thought in my head and I'm sitting there. So since we're backtracking, you know, I, I, first off, I'm going to give you guys the first shout out because, hey. you know, you guys have been that discipline, gathering this, putting the information out there, both for the family within this company and for the rest of the industry who's listening to you. And Apparently, some folks in India. So, shout out to you for, for the information that you all are putting out and just that dedication to it. Secondly, I will give a shout out to my wife. She, uh, you know, this is a, a big month for her, a lot going on, and uh, she. Uh, she has her condo. You know, we, we just got married this last uh, June, and, and uh, you know, we moved in together. She moved into my house, and her condo, we just, she's been working on getting it re- ready for a rental property, and uh-huh. she has just been working her tail off to get uh-huh. that ready. And she's finally to that point, and it's, she's putting it on the market. It's been on the market for less than 48 hours, and she's in panic mode because nobody's called to rent it yet. But, again, shout out. You're, she's All kicking right. butt on that. It'll so, get there. You may find a renter right now. And I, I think my third <laughs> shout out. Right, know, yeah. I, I want to put out there is is just to my my client base have been with me for this time i appreciate every one of them and awesome their constant you know dedication to us and loyalty to us and great. my employees their their straight dedication awesome. and, and hard work that they yeah, have that's great with each of my clients and what was your wife's name it's holly yeah uh, hopefully when we get to your section here you know a shout out for your your company or or that everybody gets the gist of what you do and that anybody that's listening can certainly call Ryan. Like I said, I, I've listened to his seminar and it was just on a piece of the DOT stuff that what you do and that, you know, we, we want to, uh, we want to promote your business because it's about safety sure. and that's all this is about. Yeah, so perfect. absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Where, where's the condo located? It's up in Windsor. Oh, so oh. yeah, we're, right. she's about, Probably about a mile from the Budweiser Event Center. Okay. So, okay. yeah, just kind of tucked in behind there. It's probably a pretty nice condo. Nice little two-bedroom Windsor, condo. Windsor's, it's fully furnished, so she's trying to – she's looking for that market because we have, like, several hospitals right near her. So she's kind of yeah. looking for that, like, the traveling nurse oh, market, yeah. something like right. that, where they're yeah. they're willing to – you know, she, we have to have where it's at. We have to have at least a 12-month lease on it gotcha. so that you can't oh. just turn it into an Airbnb or anything like that unless it's a longer-term yeah. lease. But Traveling nurse would be good. I mean, I know they got that UC health uh medical center the rockies up in yes. loveland right there Absolutely and right. you know so. a lot of a lot of i mean yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah i'll even mention it my daughter's a nurse in Greeley, so there all that area she's worked at uc health and Probably all that kind of people. stuff and they they have a lot of traveling nurses i'll kind yeah. of just mention it and yeah. see because that's a that's a great idea they usually do at least a year sometimes fine tr- for a truck driver too you don't have to be a nurse you could be a truck driver yeah so. <laughs> right well that was the reason i asked where it was <laughs> right. windsor's just a little bit of a, little, a hop from it's here. a little bit out of our yeah, higher for, range, for a daily for run sure. yeah Absolutely. Uh, Brother Dave, do you know how many people miss work on Monday after a Super Bowl? It's funny you ask, Jim. I sure do. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I happened to stumble. I wasn't looking for it. It was like people are talking about it already, right? Because obviously the, the uh, you know, Niners are going to kick the Chiefs ass this weekend, hopefully. <laughs> I'll probably eat those words, but that's what I'm shooting for. So, And Shout that's only because of the Colorado connection, right? <laughs> I mean, with with Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it's his heart. Kyle Shanahan, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that, yeah. just you got to love those guys. So anyway, and John Lynch, of course, and stuff. But and I, I, we'll get back to the people missing. So I, I actually looked it up this morning, and a survey from a company called UGK, which is a payroll and a workforce management company. They say, and this is this is their words, which kind of shocks me. 16.2 million people <laughs> wow. plan 
to miss work to miss work Monday. Wow. They plan on it. <laughs> That's a big number to me. Wow. That's not. I'm. I might. They're planning. I want to know. I want to know what percentage that is. Though. Like if they're like, you know, twenty percent of your people are going to call off Monday. Then Monday we could look and be like, yeah, we had twenty people call out. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Yeah. So be interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And you know, that's not. What do you think causes that? Because it's not like it's a 10 p.m. game. I guess maybe back east probably it's the, fairly late. Because probably it, the drinking. It'll probably start yeah. at what 4 p.m. I think it's here. Four here, yeah. Four four o'clock. It's yeah. probably the drinking. Well, I mean, know? yeah, it's got to be a day's worth of party. And I know, right? like in Colorado, like the Bronco fans, they get so butthurt, like they want to cry anytime they lose. Oh, like, right, yeah. They're probably yeah. too sad. To I can't work. come to work because the Broncos lost. Yeah, I'm sad. God, nobody would work every Monday here in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> We have a three-day weekend. Go those, Broncos. You know, back in the Trooper days when I was working the road, those those Mondays like that, those were always good for the DUI. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get out. And yeah. I, I loved finding those early morning DUIs, you know. <laughs> right. Because it was like, yeah, you're on your way to work. Well, you shouldn't be driving right now. <laughs> yep. Cause, yep. You know, last night, that BAC was real high. And guess right? what? You didn't yeah. sleep it off. It's still in you. So, yeah. 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 If you can smell it the next day, it's a problem. Right, oh, Ryan? Yeah. Absolutely. It's coming out of your lungs. You went a little too hard. Sweating it at that yeah. point. It's like, yeah. you know, they didn't sleep good. They're, yeah. Was, yeah, there's nothing safe about it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, one more one more announcement for me here, and that's for uh, Dustin Courier's Girls, Brooklyn and Regan. They will be here selling Girl Scout cookies on Friday the 16th and Monday the 19th. And he said from 3 30 until the last truck. So, uh, I'm telling you, you know, man. They're going to have a table set up. Uh, we're trying to find a safe area for them. Of course, they will be supervised by Dustin. I'm sure he wants them to be safe, but maybe between the two, between the middle and uh, the north shop doors right there, it's not a whole lot of traffic there. Yeah. But it'd be good. Uh, the, Are they going to be at both yards? No. Just, just this yard? Just this yard, unless unless maybe the mom will be here too. Dustin's wife maybe takes one over there and one here. Or yeah. Maybe the guy's. Interesting about that because it's. Quite a few people over there at the other yard. Yeah, yeah. Dustin, you didn't think this through. <laughs> you need to help your girls out. Yeah. Right? I'll tell I you just, what, yeah. I'm going to beat up some thin mints and some butter butters. <laughs> I was just I was, sitting there thinking about that. I'm like, do the Girl Scouts ever run out of cookies? I mean, every time I turn around, it's, 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 uh, I always want to know who scores that contract, right? I'll tell you, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, I think this is going to be a good event for those girls. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, I yeah. think they're going to do yeah. well. So. Yeah, so yeah. Samoans, is that the other one? Oh, what's the what's that coconut in them? I know, that's what... That's good. I like <laughs> them, too. I, I love them. Right? But I, I got to have them in the, in the refrigerator or the freezer, right? Uh, yeah, oh, the, so the Thin Mints so go in the freezer They're just crispy well, with yeah. the yeah. coconut and the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think my share of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> contributed to the body that I'm showing off today. So, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Clearly, we're excited about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. We got more excited about that than anything <laughs> else on the, the podcast. Right? Where, where's the Girl Scout where's cookies? Where's the Girl Scout cookies? Uh, uh, you want to take this next one, Brother Dave? The yeah, I can. Work? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, you guys know the work we do at CMEX, uh, delivering. We load ourselves up at Arcosa and uh, deliver to CMEX, the cement plant up in Lyons. Uh, they reached out yesterday. Uh, it's one of the uh, tips and not tips and tricks, but Could just M Shaw safety alert. And uh, for the month of uh, February here, the M Shaw alert is truck dumping safety. And uh, you know we talk about it every podcast almost. You know we train everyone look out that back window. 
And it just, it is so, it's as critical as the eight second, right? It's distracted driving. We should call it distracted dumping, Dumping, you know? I mean, we should coin that phrase now that I'm thinking about it. You can't look in that mirror to dump. You have to look out that back window. Why is that? Because you can't see that trailer leaning in the mirror. Minute you lift that trailer up looking out the back window, you know whether you're level or not. You get up a stage and a half, you know whether you're level or not, and it's safe to dump. So anyway, they say here, because Mshaw sent this out, I'm just going to read exactly what they have in there. On January 2nd, 2024, the driver of an over-the-road tractor-trailer haul truck died when the trailer tipped over onto the cab of the tractor. The driver was dumping part of the load of gravel from the trailer. Between 2018 and 2024, mine operations operators reported 14 injury accidents where over-the-road trucks tipped or rolled while dumping. During the same period, miners were also injured when 28 off-road mine haul trucks tipped or rolled over. The accidents can be prevented with proper training and following best practices. So I just want to clarify, they're calling us over the road. I mean, we're just an on highway, yeah. right? Doesn't mean we're over the road like we right. go to New York. Or They're a road truck, not a not a haul truck in a e- mine. Exactly, yeah. Jam. Exactly. Yeah. I know a lot of people. Are like, we're not an over the road. Yeah, yeah can't we, happen we, to us. Right. We're local. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, we do dump. Yeah. So, so drivers. Uh, it says here for drivers, dump only on level surfaces. Be sure that surface is free of spillage, meaning don't back up on part of the pile that that's already there. Make sure. Elevated dump sites are substantial and equipped with adequate dump point restraints. I'm not even sure what that means. Guys, got any yeah, any thoughts it, on? I think in a mine adequate site, if you're dump doing, point restraints. Yeah, if you're doing like a stockpile where you're doing lifts and you're dumping over something, I think the restraints would either like be a blocks, curb backup yeah, tube or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right, all right. Next one is uh, keep your truck and trailer in a straight line when backing up. And never move faster than walking speed. Uh, you know that keep your truck and trailer in a straight line when backing up. I, I kind of think that's ironic because you're going to be turning at some point while backing up. But anyway, uh, the point is never dump while you're dump while you're straight. Don't dump jackknife or whatnot, right? And the purpose of that is because in case the trailer would tip over, there's a possibility it could land on the cab because of the angle that you're at when the trailer comes down and forward, land back on the cab there. Which got, Jim? I think to keep your truck and trailer straight is set yourself up to back up straight because that will be safest to get to the dump where you're dumping at. Okay. Where you can see people on the ground, stuff like that, instead of, you know, blind side or drive side. Sure. I think these are, you know... They're a, it's a blanket comment, right? Sure. I, I do like the fact here, never move faster than walking speed. Yes. I think that's, that's pretty great, great information, right? Yep. If there's people around, you're you're moving faster than they are. I mean, we've heard of things, people have gotten ran over on job sites. Yep. So let's, let's add in, roll your windows down. Absolutely, yeah. yes. You can hear someone yell stop or something yep. like that. It's both windows. It's critical, both windows. So uh, avoid dumping in higher gusty wind conditions. You know, we try and teach anybody if it's that severe out, which that's not common here, but it does happen. It's getting more common, it seems like. Uh, you know, dump into the wind or away from the wind. Don't dump cross to the wind. And we, we just haven't had any problems with that. Stay in the cab with your seatbelt on during the dumping process. Never attempt to exit or jump from an overturning truck. We actually had a leasey. You remember, who was the guy who owned the Ford that ran for us years and years ago? Jim, was it Charlie Parker? 
Yes. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you're so, right in the tandem, so, right? Well, he had had the tandem for years, and then he bought a trailer. Yeah, I think you're right. And he was down uh, in Castle Rock pulling out of that Rhyolite pit, and he was overloaded. And uh, he he pulled somewhere to trim. We raised the trailer up. It was a frame-type trailer. And uh, when it started to go over, he jumped out of the cab. And uh, the issue we've always seen with frame-type trailers, when they do twist and the, and the trailer hits the ground, the, the torque goes up that frame rail, and it becomes a slingshot. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes that tractor, and it lifts it, lifts it, lifts it, and then whips it to the ground. And it actually crushed him. They couldn't get him out, and he was alive for several hours. They couldn't get the truck off of him, and he basically died a, a horrible, horrific death. So it was it was pretty tragic, pretty tragic deal. That was something I remember from God, Jim. That was the 80s, wasn't yeah, it? Long, long yeah, time ago, yeah, a long yeah. time ago. I can't believe I remember his another, name. Another story of... Yeah, yeah, we've seen a thing or two, right? Yeah. Haven't seen it all yet, though, so that'll be a sad day when we've seen it all. Uh, after dumping, remove any compacted material before reloading the truck. We talk about that all the time. That customer bought that material. He wants it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. We use the analogy, when you order a pizza, you don't expect it to show up with nine slices instead of ten. So uh, deliver everything that that, that uh, um, uh, customer wants. And, uh, you know, that's getting tricky these days, too, because no one wants us in the trailers because of safety. Almost the majority of the pits now we can't get in the truck we can't, or in the trailer. The majority of the plants we can't get in the trailer. I mean, it's it's becoming an issue, and I think think we're going to have to look at some ways to solve that. I don't know what that's going to entail with our ladders. I know we still don't have ladders on every single trailer. I'll say the majority of the fleet has ladders. Probably 85%, Jim, yeah. maybe 90 have ladders now. Yeah, Something, and I think, there, I think there is a way we could we can tie off too we'll have to create with the cables i mean there's cables right there but you have to climb up the ladder but then we'd have to buy a harness put harnesses in every truck you know i mean there's and it has to be a one size fits all type harness and you know what i mean there's here we go next yeah another safety level yep yep yep, exactly but you know ryan those are the things that we talk about that make us better Mm -hmm. because we want to do that we we want to go the extra mile we want to provide a great service for our customers so uh, the next one on there is evenly distribute the load. Use release agent in cold weather to prevent material from freezing and sticking in the truck bed. Uh, we started using that a couple years ago. We have release agent at both yards. You know, uh, one thing that we found that's critical, hop in there and get that snow out before we go load. You know, and, and that's, that's we caution everyone on that. It's so dangerous getting up in that trailer with that plastic liner and you're pushing the snow and ice out of that trailer. You know, we joke, you gotta, you gotta walk like you got poopy butt, but that's, that's how you have to do it. You know, or I mean, I find myself, I just hold on to one of the top rails and I'm, I'm pushing the snow with the other hand with my shovel Mm -hmm. and I'm just literally scampering out down the trailer, pushing the snow out each side. So be careful while you're doing that. It's very dangerous. You know, we please, you know, don't, don't get hurt doing that. So when we talk about it so much, and then uh, never overload trucks or trailers. One of the things they don't talk about in here, we talk about it when it is kind of extreme conditions, meaning freezing out or something like that. Load from the landing legs back. We know we're going to be over axle on our on our trailer axles, but at that point, 
an over axle ticket is cheap compared to hurting someone or tipping a truck over. So that's not something we want done on a daily basis. But in those those weird times where it's you know so cold out and we're having to move that material, load from the landing legs back. That takes the weight out of the nose, and it's it's incredible how much safer it is to dump that trailer. So MSHA doesn't mention that because I'm sure that could be one of their concerns is, oh, you're overloading that rear axle. We're just overloading it legal weight wise not what the capacity of the axle is yeah just to touch on that dave to remind everybody and that's when you know it might be an over axle but that's also where your overweight permits are not permitted because of the conditions right and usually if when there's it's that snow, cold yeah. there's something going on so remember can't use your overweight permit right. so knock it down a little bit in the weight load it from the landing legs back and, yep. and do just like dave said yep i think that covers it jim awesome thank you all right, <clears throat> let's get into uh, what Ryan Byers does. It's a pleasure to have you here today, Ryan. Uh, Jim and I got to spend some time with you out on a pheasant hunt. We did, we met. yeah. Uh, we were in different groups. How'd you end up doing that day? I, I got a few. I, I think I was a little bit more on target in the very beginning of the hunt and toward uh, the end of the hunt. I, I seemed like I might have been tailing, shooting a little bit behind some of them birds. Uh, beer, beer was kicking in. I, well, we weren't <laughs> drinking and shooting. That's a, another safety aspect. And, and it's, it's one that I definitely like to follow. In my company, I, we like to call it ATF Friday, and that's alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. So we, I, I also call it Pew Pew Therapy, where we just kind of go out with me and my family and friends and a few clients, and we go shooting. But uh, that's one thing. The alcohol side of that always has good, to wait till the good end. Good for yeah, you. Definitely, yeah, for you. that's the right the way to do it. <laughs> that's funny. Did you bring some of those birds home? I, I no, I didn't. We got out of there that morning, and I was really excited to take them. And I we loaded up, yeah. and some other folks were sleeping, and I didn't wow. get to. T- I, I don't know where my birds or the bird share ended up going to. So hopefully, <laughs> you all got to eat them. Well, we got to eat ours. Yeah, yeah we took ours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife's name's Holly. Also, Ryan Fantastic. made uh, uh, Holly Joe. Ironically, uh, ironically. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That yeah. is funny. Um, so yeah, uh, she made a, I guess a pheasant rice stew kind of that yeah, i call it i mean what, a, it was a, it was a recipe from her dad because her dad pheasant hunted and uh, actually from her mom and, and dad but yeah it was good it was oh delicious. hey imagine a pheasant hunter in north dakota <laughs> eh? right yeah. right he, i'm sure terry's got some stories there. <laughs> regardless of pheasant hunting terry's got some stories yeah. Huh. Yeah. so ryan you grew up in western colorado on your family's ranch what what city was that City. Okay, so I, I grew up in a little place called Pea Green, Colorado. So oh, that's right. Pea Green. So I don't, mm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I, I like to, when I do talks it's at groups or safety, I, sometimes when I give them my intro, I, I ask if there's ever, anybody ever heard of Pea Green, Colorado? Every <laughs> once in a while, somebody will raise their hand. But for the most part, no. And, it, and it's Pea, P-E-A, like the, the vegetable, Pea gotcha. Green. But, yeah, my, my family homesteaded out there back in 1907 and wow. uh, started a cattle ranch. And cattle. I, I grew up out there my, my parents were school teachers my dad really didn't want anything to do with the ranching but I did I was I was really into that and my my grandfather he had forestry permits and you know about 700 head of cattle I guess wow. and uh, so my playground was about 2,000 acres and you know what you take for granted when you're younger and you grow up now oh, living in a subdivision it's like wow. oh I mean it, they gave me a little section I, a little piece of it I had had 80 acres to myself and when I promoted eventually in the state patrol a I, piece my friend I gave that 
I sold that. I didn't give it away. I sold that to move up here for that promotion. And I look back at that now and go, oh, no, what was I thinking? But, uh, yeah, I had a creek through it. it oh. uh, you could fish in it. I had some irrigated land, some water rights, and I'm like, oh, I wish I still had that, that little wow. chunk of property. Do you but, want me to hit you now, Ryan? Yeah, right. I know. I know, right. I know. You know no. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We'd all be thinking, somewhere else, right? I thought this right? was a, a smart guy we were having. <laughs> for sure. No, no for offense, sure. Ryan. I'm just so, joking. Yeah, I, you know, Jam, I, I really wanted to, to go into ranching. That, that was kind of my dream. I, I, I grew up out there. You know, I, we were 20 minutes from town. Like I said, my parents were school teachers. And, and so my dad, he was also a wrestling coach. He was a very well-known wrestling coach here in the state of Colorado. He's a Hall of Fame wrestling coach. And, nice. uh, you know, everybody knows him. It's funny. I run into people in my past, and they're, they don't ask me. They're like, hey, how's your folks doing? But unfortunately, <laughs> my, my father did pass this last year. But, Ooh, uh, oh, sorry you know, it, it was a, a tough loss. But, you know, it was one of those thankful situations situations because sure. you know his mind had, was going with the disease and mm-hmm. and that of alzheimer's but uh, but anyways he had, he had a great life and, and he, he i had a great raising out in the country and i wanted to go into cattle ranch so i, I grew up i went to high school in olathe and uh, when I, I graduated i i went to fort lewis college so i was going to study ag business and i studied drinking i tried to play football up there and <laughs> i may have been a good football player at the olathe high school but when you get to college doesn't matter what level it is it's a whole different ball game so uh-huh. i, I just wasn't tall enough it wasn't big enough for for what i knew to play in football so i uh we started partying and i came home a little bit early so yeah (laughs) and i I got home and uh from college and uh you know i tried to get into ranching i got a local loan and uh it's called a rural colorado loan and started buying some cattle and getting started in it and i did what you're not supposed to do i bought all my cattle when the prices were really high and then when it came time to sell the calf crop that next year prices plummeted and i just couldn't get going so I started logging. I got into logging with some local companies oh, to wow. uh, to really kind of supplement my, my business, so the, the ranch. And uh, I learned a lot about trucking and logging. Huh. You know, I, I started off as a saw hand, eventually became a log loader, and you know, putting out the truck drivers had their scales in their trucks, and they'd tell me two more. And as the log loader, I was always telling them, "Well, I'll get you two more on there." And I was always talking them into being overweight. I didn't know the repercussions of it. <laughs> I, I think I was 19 at the time, but uh, you know, I, I, one of the things that I learned about you know being a logger was it was always safest to move all your heavy machinery in the middle of the night. You know, and I'll never. <laughs> forget it the day i was in the state patrol academy and i was going through the permitting and waiting truck classes and i just remember sitting there shaking my head just going moving it in the middle of the night no i know why we were moving it in the middle of the night <laughs> so yeah all that machinery got moved so so i uh yeah like i said i i, I tried to ranch and i i just couldn't make a go of it and i i knew logging was even though i loved doing it i needed to, to find something a little bit more stable so ultimately i got through a police academy i became a police officer for a small town first up in cedar what made you interested in law enforcement though i was always drawn to it as a small even as a child i don't know if it was just you know playing cops and robbers and that kind of things as a kid i I just i just always was kind of drawn to it Mm -hmm. and uh so i i I just kind of ended up finding my way back into that and i i put myself through the first police academy which is out at the delta votech school and i i got my first job at the town of cedar edge and my field training officer which 
wasn't really training. It was, hey, this is how you talk on the radio. It was one of the guys that sat next to me in the academy, and we just graduated like a month earlier. So no real training. I worked there for nine months, and I remember one night I was driving through the town. I made nine laps around the town in in an hour, and I just thought, I've got to do something different. And I ended up uh, getting hired by the Delta County Sheriff's Department as a patrol deputy, and I I worked there for a little over three years, and and then I started grabbing. I made good friends with state troopers in that area and started gravitating that way. Okay. You don't know any of the K-Myers from... Uh, yeah. Do you really? Cedar Edge area? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, the, the K-Myer, I'm trying to remember his dad. He was he was one of the, the coaches, and uh-huh. he, he was at Olathe. A absolutely. Lot. He and my dad were real close. Absolutely, so, so, yeah, yeah, great I, coach. I know some of those folks. Yeah, so, yeah, that's my, my son dates Abby K-Meyer, Okay. and uh, they were both on the swim team together there at, oh. at the Front Range Barracudas, so oh, I'm good friends with John and Molly, okay. the who you know's son, yeah. John. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's been, oh, small been years since since I've yeah. talked to all Cedar Edge is about this 100%. big. <laughs> it is. It is. We were we had five officers. We were uh, our call signs were Cedar one through five. And <laughs> I was Cedar five. And the only thing I knew to do was point that radar gun at, down the highway and right? write speeding tickets. There was never really any calls. There was nothing to happen. So <laughs> you had to keep busy and write seats, you know write tickets. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You're never popular. In a small I mean, when I was you're the I, guy writing tickets. So we used to do some golf course work. And I I hit that golf course two or three times oh, uh, through my career there, yeah. And it was it was interesting. Yeah, the that biggest thing course. that felt like it hit that town when I was up there was the golf course opened a restaurant and they got a pizza oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. that was one of the that was the news. Huh? That was the news, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had never played golf in my life, but one of the perks of of working for the city was you got to play at the golf course for free up. There. Yeah. So we uh, we started playing golf and just fell in love with it. And right. shoot, we started making tea times at seven o'clock in the morning. Right when they opened, we would be the first ones sure. out there. And if you've ever played the back nine in Cedar Edge, I, I if you haven't, I should say I highly recommend it yeah. because it is wild. Because it's literally on the side of a mountain. And I tell you what, I need drive. To... It's like five hundred yards, and you're looking at the pin, and it's like this little spot way down the bottom of this yep. cliff. It's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, I need that's the only course I think I had to use four low in cuz we would spread granular fertilizer on it. Uh-huh. And I'd have to use four low to get that back nine. The front nine I loved cuz it was just going blow. It was flat, level, easy. Yep, exactly. You hit that back nine you're like, "Oh my gosh, this yeah. is brutal." <laughs> A lot of balls lost out there on that I back bet. nine for I sure, bet. for sure. Beautiful though. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, was, beautiful was, town. Good it was a people. great experience. I it bet. Was a great experience. Made yeah. some great relationships out there, some some friends and you know, and my time at the sheriff's department was was great. I just I was wired. I think when I after I hired got or when I was applying for the patrol, I think the sheriff when they came and did my background investigation, I think he begged him. He's like, he is just a natural trooper. Please take him because oh, wow. because it, small communities again, the sheriffs didn't like you running traffic, writing tickets because <laughs> you're you're angering the voters, right? right. You're, you're, yeah. yeah, that's that's not uh, the popular move. So when the patrol started looking at my background, I, I'm pretty sure the sheriff said yeah. he's great. Please. He's motivated. <laughs> He's motivated. Take him. Take him. Huh. So when you uh, became a state trooper, what city was, or town was that in to begin with? So I uh, I joined the state patrol, and they didn't give you your, your duty assignments at the time. Like now when you get hired, they, they you know where you're going to go. For us, it was all about class ranking. At about week seven in the academy, they would announce that. And uh, they put the list out. Well, I really wanted to be in District 5 because that's where Delta Olathe and Montrose is. And that was my, my stomping grounds. And they had a position in Dove Creek. So 
I was high enough uh, with my scoring and my level in the academy that you know I was going to get the duty station I asked for, and uh, so I put in my first pick was was Dove Creek. And when they they came out, they had the ceremony when everybody gets their duty station. They had a victim's advocate. They had a trooper teddy bear. It was the little teddy bears they gave out, the teddy bear, trooper teddy bear, and uh, and a blanket. And uh, as soon as they announced me for Dove Creek, she ran over to give me the blanket and the teddy bear. And I was like, I put in for Dove Creek. She's like, Why? Nobody ever puts in for Dove Creek. <laughs> and it, in fact, you know, I went down there and. Uh, yeah, after the academy, I couldn't find a house, so they granted me a little bit of time to live in Cortez while I was still trying to figure out the housing situation. And uh, I, I, during my field training, a position opened up in Delta, and, and I had a true hardship. You know, usually you have to wait two years for that first transfer, but mm. I had a true hardship with the family, the ranch, and one of my aunts that was one of the part owners of the ranch. She had gotten terminally ill with cancer, and I, I put in, and my last day FTO, they, they said, well, congratulations, you're a full-blown trooper, and also you got your, your transfer, so I, wow. I got to train down there. And I think since I left there, and that would have been in early 2000s, <clears throat> You know, I don't think they ever put another trooper back in, oh, in Dove, Dove Creek. Creek. I think yeah. they finally just gave up, and the Cortez troopers do what they can to try to cover that area. Oh, so, Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your career as a trooper uh, before you went over to the motor carrier division. What sure. So I, uh, I was true blue through and through. I mean, I, I went out, and I, I tried to be very fair, you know, courteous but firm was always the motto of the patrol you know and and I I, I just tried to be be busy you know there's uh, those individuals that do the bare minimum but I, I had one of the old guys pull me aside said you do realize you have your whole career to to stop everybody you don't need to do it in the first month you know but I, I just made that a habit right I, I just made that a habit of getting out there writing my tickets and I, I kind of came up with this philosophy I we didn't have quotas right and uh, but you had to stay busy like you had to you count for your work sure. so I what I would do is I, I'd get out there and in the first few hours of my shift I'd, I'd try to write get some tickets nailed down that way I'd keep the sergeant happy and that would give me the rest of the shift to kind of do what I whatever I needed to do if I had to cover a crash but I hated crash investigation that's kind of funny to be a trooper and hate covering crashes so I really liked the DUI arrest that was that was my whole thing and, sure. and I, I got the DUI Thing, the schedule of DUI arrests figured out in the area that I was at and how they kind of came in waves from the people that get off work early in the afternoon, mid, mid or later in the day, and then the folks that go and close the bar down. If I could play my cards right, I could land three DUIs in a shift. Wow. And I, I loved it when I'd be in the middle of processing the DUI and they would announce a crash and the other troopers that weren't getting the DUI arrest would have to go cover it. And they, they were getting a little mad at me because they're like, I covered three crashes and you haven't covered any. I was like, well, go get a DUI and, you know, somebody else will have to. But uh, I did that and, and uh, I, uh, I got into uh, trucks into the safety side of trucks, I, I just wanted to get uh, more knowledge in commercial motor vehicles. So I convinced my local troop commander to send me to a level one truck school. So he sent me up to Denver in I think 2001 to uh, to get my some, some DOT training. I didn't want to do anything with safety. I wanted to have the authority to open those back doors and look at the load and, and uh, see if I could find super loads of dope. And you know, right. I, I found some dope, but I, I can say I never got to call the chief and say, hey, the war on drugs is over because I've got it all right here. So, <laughs> right. But, uh, you, but, know, you, it, but it was, you found some, right? I, oh, I did. Yeah, I found some. Really? I found some interesting now, stuff. Now, yeah. was, was, it, was it random? I, I mean, you'd just stop a truck and look, it's, and all of a sudden you found it, or or were there tips? Oh, or? there's always tips. So, really? Yeah. So one of the 
the cool classes that I went to was uh, it was a criminal interdiction class. It was taught by a trooper out of California. He was a chips officer, and uh, he uh, his name was Joe David. I'm pretty sure the cartel has literally a hit out on this guy, and <laughs> I think he's in under protection now. But he runs this criminal interdiction class, and you, where you actually go and you crawl trucks, and you know they they have a fleet set up and stuff hidden, and you got to crawl a load and and everything else. Wow. And uh, yeah, it, it it's just real interesting, you know, the, right. what you see. You know, you see the guy's got five atlases, three bibles you know stuff like that and you're like what, what do you need five atlases and three bibles like staged up on and they're always stacked in like the window and it's like why were you hanging around in fontana for five days at the truck stop you know there's there's no 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 reason to just hang when you get to fontana usually the drivers are in get their stuff and get out of california sure. they, they don't just go to the fontana truck stop you know <laughs> which i'm pretty sure you could watch if you had like a live google image you could probably watch criminal interdiction like the police raiding <laughs> that truck stop on a daily basis for different criminal activities so yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of different signs what, and indications this may sound stupid what does interdiction mean interdiction you're interdicting crime you're you're okay. preventing right. you're stopping right. yeah okay. criminal interdiction so you know that could be human trafficking which is a huge part today we we weren't really you know back in 2001 honestly we just weren't looking for the people in the truck sure it did happen um but uh it, today it's, it's definitely a, there's a big movement between truckers against trafficking and and stuff like that there, sure. there's definitely a lot more involvement with that side of it and everything that's going on but uh but yeah i was looking for drugs that was that was kind of my thing so once they sent me to truck school when i was on nights i was trying to do dui patrol when i was on days i'd get my tickets in the morning then i'd go and do truck inspections and I made a big impact out in Western Colorado. You know the truck numbers, their their enforcement, and uh, you know, and the, the the chief of the state patrol recognized that I got got recognized at uh, one of the local troop meetings, and and they they offered me a promotion. I I, I got to an offer to go to motor carrier safety, and I I actually got a, I put in for a hazmat in the middle of my hazmat interview because of spot open up in Grand Junction. They, uh, the lieutenant colonel, uh, I th- actually, I think she was a major, she, uh, she kind of stopped me and said, I, I don't think this is the right position for you. I don't think we're going <laughs> to consider you. And I was like, ma'am, with all due respect, I have all the qualifications and that. She goes, yes, I know you do, but this is not the right position for you. We're not going to consider you. And the interview was, was basically over. And then the commander of the uh, Scott Hernandez, who was later on the chief, he called me from Motor Carrier Safety and he said, look, Hazmat's not right for you, but my team is right for you. And, and thank goodness he hey, he was looking out for me because, nice. uh, like I said, I wasn't looking to get into safety, but I just found that niche and that I just kind of felt like I had a calling to it, you know. And uh, so I took that promotion and, gosh, I, in 2003, middle of the summer 2003, I moved to Denver. When you're from Western Colorado, basically Pueblo to Fort Collins is Denver. So I used to, I remember my grandparents saying, "Oh, you're going to the Denver, that kind of thing." And going to, going, going, yeah, to, the going to the Denver, and uh, so I moved funny. over here to the Denver area. And uh, you know, we uh, I showed up at the troop office here, and they said, "Hey, your your area responsibility is Castle Rock." And I was so green to this area, I didn't even know where Castle Rock was. I had to go buy an atlas. I'd heard about it, and the troopers that were, that were working there, they're like, "All we do is crashes." I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to wear Castle Rock," but you know. I hate crashes, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I went and bought me a, a little Denver Atlas, and I, I didn't even know where to set up and do inspections, so I just had to go find wide spots on the road. I mean, when I found that spot on Castlewood Canyon, the little back road between, uh, you know, uh, to bypass the port between uh, uh, Colorado Springs and Franktown there, what? and you sit up on the top, and I found that was like, well, this is like gold, man. Right. I, I love this Easy spot. Easy pickings. So, hey, so yeah. kind of a... 
obvious question, but why did you hate working crashes so much? Oh, I just it just isn't in me, you know. I, I I'm math. I've never been a strong suit in math, you gotcha. know. That's that's uh, you know. I've always had to work really hard in school and that on the on the whole math side. And crashes is all about just reconstructing and figuring mm-hmm. out. I mean, the crash investigations they do here in the Denver metro area. It's like show up, write down names, you know, and and say, okay, everybody, go. This is this is it. You get a ticket. Right. You don't get a ticket. And most of the time, if somebody just doesn't straight up confess to doing something wrong, of course, it doesn't work that way in the trucking. They always want right you guys the the truckers the the ticket but uh most of the time the crashes here around the metro area are literally write it down hurry up move on because the officers are in such a rush to get somewhere else but i've never been that way i was just taught growing up on a ranch you take pride in what you're going to do if you're going to do it do it right and in motor carrier safety it was the philosophy if you you know uh, scott hernandez who was my major at the time his philosophy was if you catch it you clean it and uh, he didn't want us calling local troop officers to come and take care of it he says we we're troopers too we can we can handle this and i'll never forget i was on my way down to to work in my area because i lived in in the arvada area and I was going down C-470 and somewhere around University or that I rolled up on a crash in the middle of the highway there and I was like well I gotta, gotta handle this so I called out and I'm I'm out there conducting the crash investigation as I would in Delta and pretty soon the tro- trooper rolls by and he says get the frick out of here he said what the hell are you doing you're gonna get killed and I'm out there trying to get lane measurements and <laughs> I'm plotting he's like just write your information get the out of here <laughs> I'm like Okay, yeah, heard. I'm I'm happy to because because uh, it was crazy. So yeah, uh, interesting. And I know you mentioned that you knew Jr. Greniger's brother. Did you work with him or? I, so yeah, we well we had uh, you have Jason and Jr. Right, and uh, for sure we had Jason came in as a trooper later um, toward uh, as a, I think I actually trained him. He went huh. through all my my classes, and then his brother came in actually after I left as a sergeant. So gotcha. So yeah, but I, I have I've, I've worked with both of them. And you said Jason's a wild one. Well, I, I would imagine they're both a little bit wild, okay. uh, you know. But yeah, Jason, when, when we, motor carrier safety, we did a lot of team operations. Uh-huh. And when we did team operations, it was usually out of town and we would cut loose and we'd have a good time. And, gotcha. and it was everybody from the major down. We, we had a good time. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, we, you know, there was, there was one time we were in Durango and, I, I don't know if Jason was there that day, but just to give you an idea of, of what we had, the uh, the uh, we, we went to the go-kart track, and you get a bunch of troopers in the go-kart track. Yeah, we shut that place down. We were pitting each other. We, were, we had teenage kids out standing in the middle of the track yelling at us, we're going to call the cops. And I believe our response is, we're already here, <laughs> you know. So yeah, we, we did. We like to have a good time. We cut loose, but we also worked really hard in there. But uh, yeah, Jason, he's he was a good character, good person. I really enjoyed working with him and training right. him. Yeah, we never met him. We did have Jr. on the podcast. JR. So, oh, I got you. He seemed a little wild. So when you mentioned, Jason, you thought yeah, Jason. Jr. I never really got to do much with uh, with him at convention and stuff. You know, we right. we all sit down, share a, share a couple beverages together, okay. but. But yeah, good good folks. And then, yeah. how long did you spend in the uh, motor carrier division? So I was in motor carrier from 2007 up until the time the end of 2011, going into 12 when I when I left the patrol. When, when I was there, I my first year in, I, I was a uh, a roadside inspector down in, in Castle Rock. Mm. Second year in, I became a safety investigator. I started doing the compliance audits and that, and I I just really. I just gravitated. I was like, we're, we're getting, we're taking the safety to a new level there. The third year, I kind of attached myself to the local trainers. One of the local trainers was Randy Hurley, who's actually in number two here at the Dem- 
Denver Federal <laughs> Office, and I, I just got through an audit with Randy. Yeah, yeah he's a good dude. Uh, yeah. He is a good dude. Yeah. And Randy and I, we had a connection because we're both from Delta, and he knew my in-laws, and we we just we were just really close. And and he kind of took me under my wing, and he trained me, and uh, he he made me an instructor. I think the instructor I am today with those skills huh. really really came from him. By my my fourth year, I became a national instructor, and and just the training I did with Randy when I ended my my instructor class out in Kentucky, the uh, the the trainers there, and her name was uh, the the lead for the 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 NTC, the National Training Center. Her name was Margie McQueen. Margie and I just we just clicked, and uh, she kind of took me under her wing, and uh, I left that class, and I went out and started training the guys that I was in becoming an instructor with. So uh-huh. I, I went out to Jackson, Mississippi, worked with their new instructors who were, were getting trained, and I just kind of fell into that niche. And then ultimately, I think by, I think it was year six in there, I became what's called a master instructor for the Federal uh-huh. Motor Carrier. We, we developed this this program to where we would we would find the top instructors in that, and they would take care of the, the courses within, the, within the, the classes they were teaching, and they would help develop the instructors as well as teach the classes. So I just kind of fell into that group of the first 10 master instructors for the federal motor carrier and and, uh, and then csa hit in 2010 and i i sat back for two years and i watched the way that that was affecting the the carriers and and i think nationwide we got up to you know if a company went through a compliance investigation and failed it and and uh 68 of those companies were going completely out of business because they they couldn't get right wow with the with the feds um through the accountability side and I, I just sat back and I watched that and I was starting to get that itch to, to do something different. And, huh. and at that point, I was had become a single dad. My wife and I had divorced. I had predominant, a primary custody of my kids and uh, I needed to do something different because I wasn't getting any help from my ex-wife and uh, mm-hmm. I was just had one of those types of situations and I wasn't making enough money to 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 do raise my kids the way mm-hmm. I needed to. And, and I was like, man, I had that drive to, to really go through and become become something so different i mean it had to be hard to leave uh the, the csp and motor carrier division just it sounded like you had such a love for it and yeah. such a passion but now i can understand you know if kids are involved and finances come into play but it still had to be pretty hard for you to make that decision jam it was one of the hardest decisions i ever made in my life yeah. and uh it was so hard both my parents were retired school teachers so Para is everything, right, in my family. I actually left the patrol, and it, it took me a year to tell my, my folks that I, I actually left <laughs> the patrol. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I just, because I had no support. I, I was hustling. I was calling. I was in front of the computer, going to clients all day. And that first year was, was real tough, and I, I made a few bad decisions, and I, I got into some side businesses that – Turned out those are the ones that you shouldn't join, like Ponzi schemes. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that too good to be true thing. Yeah, so, yeah that hooked me hook, yeah. line, and sinker. Too good to be true is too good know, to be true, so, isn't it? Yeah, but I just didn't I just didn't have the support. My, my family, my dad didn't want anything to do at the ranch. He was he was a great coach. He's a great human being. My mom, same thing. I, I just, uh, they, they just didn't have that business mentality. You know? How old were your kids when all this were going on? So, yeah, my, my kids, you know, were would have been right around. I think uh, my daughter just started high school. She was a freshman, and she was going to Ralston Valley High School, and she was lost. You know, mm-hmm. she she was in the school what four or five thousand kids. She was totally lost in that group. My son was he had a good little group of friends, but he, it was going to be the same type of path for him. And uh, I I decided to uh, start my business and move to Johnstown, and I I took my kids up there with me, and mm-hmm. they went from being in this school of of five thousand to a school of six seven hundred. Mm-hmm. 
And my daughter, she was real pretty, cute little blonde girl. She showed up at that new school and was instantly like the number one focus of Target by all the boys. So <laughs> her life changed Target. drastically. Mm. She was, so did yours. <laughs> but, you know, I, I had a pretty good reputation amongst all the high school kids. They, they mind their P's and Q's when they were around me back at that time. So Her dad's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they getting raised, you know, they, the kids talk about it a lot more now. They they know the then they recognize the the work that I put in to, to raising them and, and being dedicated to the business because i mean my, my company i started it by by cold calling just calling companies saying hey i'm local in colorado like you know and, and you know how that is because y'all get you know probably a thousand phone calls a week oh, from from all these companies out of right. idaho and and delaware and it's like who are these and then all of a sudden i'm i'm in the mix and People are like, yep, no, we're done. We keep telling you, quit calling us. I'm like, right. I'm not the, that company. I'm I'm literally a local company, right. you know? And yeah, even local companies. I mean, we have people walk through the door the other day. The other day, salesman walked in, and he had a, a female partner with him, and I think they were selling, like, uh, lift jacks. The, oh, yeah. You know, for, like, pallet jacks and uh-huh. stuff like that. And they walked in. I'm like, huh, no crumble, no crumble cookies, huh? <laughs> And they just looked at me like I'm like I was like most people bring crumble cookies, you know. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, <laughs> did they come back? The dude came back a couple of days later or the next day with crumble cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you broke his heart and told him we don't use those jacks. I, I wasn't I wasn't there when he brought them back, but man, those cookies were good. <laughs> <laughs> That's I never took crumble cookies. I just took my knowledge. So there you, go. you know what? I I got some some great clients through that. I got some that. Are still with me today. You That's know, awesome. That, that had to be terrifying. Though, like, trying to put myself in your shoes, leaving the security of some place you've been, you know, a, a decade pension. and a half, mm-hmm. guaranteed pension, mm-hmm. something you're good at, just that comfort level to, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It, it paid off because it's been 12 years since I started my business. And, yeah, and like I said, I got a great team that works for me. Back in the day, it was just me doing all the work. And now my my team, my my gals, you know, Nicole and Tina, uh, they are just constantly working with the clients. That's and, awesome. And, and they're great. They're reliable. I count on them. And, and they yep. do they do what needs to get And since great. then, you, you, you mentioned you are remarried to, to Holly. To Holly. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, Holly and I met. She actually called me in to be one of she needed a dot appointment she was working mm-hmm. and when I, I first talked to her we joke about it a lot of we first talk about it she, you know she kind of struck me as like she worked for the small construction company and and i get those calls a lot it's like oh we own a construction company which which means they they have a truck a trailer and, and a backhoe or that kind of thing yeah. and usually it's like the owner's wife call me she needs help and so i i you know they say you should never assume and that's what i did i was like yeah we can go we can meet at a coffee house or this or that and she's she wanted me to come to her office so i, I actually put her off I think I missed like two or three appointments with her, and, and one day she she kept rescheduling, and and one day you know Nicole calls me up and she goes, you have to go to this appointment, and I was, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll go to this appointment, you know, just you just kind of get busy and, and sidetracked. So I, I made it to the appointment. I actually showed up at a construction company, Carson Excavating, and uh, up in uh, Severance, and uh, yeah, we uh, we sat down and we talked, and she was very attentive, and you know when I walked through the door, she said, oh, do you remember me? And my instant reaction was, 
oh yeah yeah well on her desk she had a big sign that said holly i was like oh yeah holly i remember you of course i'm like Where, where's this gal from i have no idea who this is I'm like i just put my foot in my mouth but but anyways that that led that meeting she didn't she didn't really need the ot help she's pretty squared away but then i found out she attended one of my classes a couple years earlier so i always joke with her and said she stalked me for two years and i, I think she did she stalked me for two years and then yeah she she actually her company actually hired, hired one of my competitors i won't Ooh. name names but but uh, yeah, he he wasn't cutting the mustard, and and gotcha. uh, yeah, they needed to do something different. So helped him out a little bit. And, and now your kids have kids, boy. So you know, bringing Holly into my life, she had uh, she's got two kids, and her daughter had just had a baby. So okay. I, I got introduced to being a grandfather. I, I got good and warmed up, and then Holly and I, you know, ended up uh, getting married. And and uh, yeah, so I, I first brought little Paige into my life through Holly. Uh, Paige was about three months old when when she and I met, and I just instantly mm. fell in love with her. And yeah, my daughter's uh, boy was six months here on on the third, nice. and uh, February third. Yeah, he's just uh, an amazing. Both the grandbabies so far are just amazing. And Great. you know, you 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 hear people say all the time that you need to have your grandbabies first, and you don't know what that means until you have your grandbabies. No, and I, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what it is, and maybe it's just the the reward. I mean, I my memories of my kids is that they were just little devils they were constantly <laughs> aggravating me and causing trouble and and this and that and it, it's, it's we love to joke and talk about all of our our past times together we're very close family raising them how i did by myself um, it was really great but uh getting these little grandbabies it's just so heartwarming seeing what your kids are doing and watching them develop it's, that is it's awesome. phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so you said you started your business 12 years ago and is that front range compliance services it is. We, we actually started off first as the DOT inspector. That, that's the, and I had a, a partner. His, he, uh, he left a patrol, and it didn't work out. He needed to go a different direction. Um, so we, we kind of split in uh, 2013, and uh, he went his direction. I went mine. I took all the clients with me, and, and it, it just wasn't a good fit for him. He, he wasn't good at, at just kind of going in and starting sure. the meeting. He was great once we got it going, but he couldn't just, like, deal with, like, call him up and say, hey, let me get going with you. Let's, let's do this for you. Um, and, uh, yes, we started that as the, the DOT inspector. That seems like a good idea. It was a place. We were both DOT inspectors. But we, we soon realized we'd be in a client's office, and they'd be like, what do you mean i got to pay? Hey, you guys are the DOT inspectors. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work because now they, they thought we were coming in as enforcement people. It turns out we're a business. And when we thought we had that all established and clear, and yeah, they, they didn't understand. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, we need to pivot. This has got to change. And so when, we, when he and I split, I became Front Range Compliance Services. Oh, I like so. that. Nice. Yeah. And then how long ago did you start DOT University? Well, DOT University started through COVID. You know, that, that year we had just kind of sitting around, and it, it kind of started as a YouTube channel. So we've got DOT University on YouTube. Got some great videos on there. Need to get some videos updated because systems are changing. You know, it's safer, and, and uh, you know, the portal has all just recently changed. Thank you to the FMCSA for constantly keeping things interesting. Of course, hopefully you can hear my sarcasm in that. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, we've got some great videos, and it, it's great. It helps drive traffic. And, and the goal, the, the ultimate goal, was to build an actual training hub, a, a site where, where folks could go to to get their, their online training. Because through COVID, it just became a thing, you know, the, the, and it has stayed a thing a lot. Right. So, you know, I'm doing a lot more training. Like this year, I've just done a ton of classes coming into 2024, uh, live classes, which I always love. But we want to make sure that we do have that solution out there. Sure. But I also want to try to put classes that they, that I that I feel will work mm -hmm. well for for um, 
you know, online training, such as like reasonable suspicion or that. So we started that here, you know, uh, within like the last year and a half. And uh, yeah, we're trying to, to keep including classes and, and to grow that side of the business. Awesome. And you seem pretty well plugged into to the industry. What's your relationship with the CMCA? Colorado Motor Cures Association has just been a godsend for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I I I got to really know the Colorado Motor Cures, the folks at CMCA when I was a trooper, um, because I, I one of the things that kind of I think set me aside from some of the other DOT guys that were in there was I like to train. I my first when I first started doing the audits, you know, you go into the small pop shop, small little mama pop shop, and you, you're walking out, and you're giving them a thirty thousand dollar fine, and they're looking at you going how are we supposed to know we did that well you know i I, i've got a heart and i I was i grew up in the country where you take care of people and and i so i would always take time and i'd spend that extra time with them trying to go over stuff and that and i I think that's just kind of where i got the calling for what i do today so i thought not everybody somebody will see hear this and say well i knew ryan and he didn't help me you know of course (laughs) there's some folks that i wanted to be a thorn in their side i could i don't want to name names but there's i always have one that always pops in my head but uh, I would call them like they were big, big family, you know, big Italian family. I guess about as far as I'll go with it. But uh, <laughs> they uh, they were such a pain and so dangerous that I would call them two days before Thanksgiving and be like, I'm going to be there on Friday. And, oh, she she did not like me at all. But, you know, it was, the feeling was mutual. I was like, you guys are killing people or you're going to be killing people. So, But anyways. There's, yeah, there's bad people out there. There, there are. There's bad people out there. there you are. can you The minute you're with them, you know this better than anyone. Yeah, 100%. When you run into those people, you're like, these are bad people. And then you go to the next client and you're like, listen, these aren't bad people. They're just making some mistakes. And they're willing to fix it. Yeah. You know, that's what we've always found. Any audit we've been through, hey, we're doing this wrong. Well, how do we do it right? Yeah. Show us. We'll do it. You're right. We're we're not. 100%. We're not after. We don't want to be a bad guy. We want to be compliant. And we have clients like that now that just want us to come in and patch. And then they're, and and my staff, you know, they, they get really upset when that happens. And I'm like, it's their company. They're, we're here to help. We're here to consult. I don't like the word consultant, but we are here to consult. Um, you know, when things go wrong, they're going to call us back, you know. And, uh, yeah, they always do. But anyways, so, yeah, CMCA, I, I just I, I started talking to them, like, finding out what classes they had because I wanted to learn where I could send people. So I really became acquainted with Patty over at CMCA. She recently left and went out to, to Nevada, and Kate's taken over. She's doing a great, great job. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I, I started uh, kind of learning who they were and fell in love, in love with their program and their mm-hmm. trainings that they offered. So when I left the patrol, I went, one of the, when I first started, you know, the business I went to CMCA and I sat down with Patty and I said this is what I'm doing this is what I want to do and she they the, the entire community at CMCA just welcomed me with open arms oh, and awesome. uh, I just started there with one class at that time we had Colin and Debbie Heupel that were were still doing the majority of the training um, there uh, they eventually retired and then I took over the rest of those classes I don't oh. teach all the classes there but the the DOT stuff the, the drug and alcohol is still tossed by by uh, KCG but uh, you know the most of the DOT the trainings and stuff I, I do teach there um, I got a lot of really great client base I think the biggest thing I love their jam about CMCA is I'm surrounded by people in the industry that like you that are like-minded they believe in safety you know I can't tell you I have a whole bunch of clients from CMCA because most of them are squared away but what mm-hmm. I get from those folks is they also get questions and they give me referrals and it's just been a, an absolutely phenomenal team that's so, awesome yeah let's talk about your classes what are your top three classes at 
Well, my top three classes that I teach at, at Colorado Motor Carrier Safety would be probably the DOT Compliance Essentials class. And that, that is a, uh, an, an eight-hour, hey, welcome to the DOT. This is everything you have to do. And, and that was one of the, the classes that got passed on to me. Um, when I first got it, it, it was like 400-slide PowerPoint. And I was sitting there clicking through it, and I, I was it, it, it seemed to me like it was so overwhelming. So I really tried to put it together. I teach it out of a manual. I teach it out of the regulations, that kind of thing. But it's, uh, you know, it, at the end of eight hours, my, my, my throat is hurting from talking, and everybody's head is hurting because we go through the in-depth sure. of all these programs. And then we follow that up with uh, DOT compliance, the, the files, the, the files and record keeping. Um, and that's where we kind of spend some time going over it. And then periodic inspection seminar. That was the very first class that I took to, to CMCA. It's about a four-hour class, but it's about tying the rules and regulations to the mechanics. And one of the things that I've discovered through the years, we got a lot of great uh, technicians out there that have been turning wrenches forever. They're absolute geniuses when it comes to fixing these trucks when it comes to periodic inspection they don't know how to tie the rules the regulation what the requirements and minimum requirements are with their inspection so I, I try to through that training I try to fill that gap okay and what yeah. is what are the things that you're constantly addressing what keeps coming up well, the safety topics that we always are dressing up, fleet uh, safety is one of the, the, the key things. Um, when I go into companies, just fleet organization. I'm, I mean, I've had companies where we've spent five hours just trying to figure out what their fleet is. And, and that just, it always amazes me, like, how can you run a, a DOT safety program if you don't even know what you have, what your fleet is, what it consists of, so you know how to set up the program? I mean, the definition of a commercial motor vehicle doesn't mention the word driver. It's all about the vehicles, you know, what's <laughs> the size what's the combinations and if you don't know what you have you're just out there going so like, yeah go hook up to a trailer we don't know what the trailer is but go grab a trailer you know huh. and uh so that that's one of the biggest issues is, is just getting the fleets organized and kind of helping them set up what their management is going to be one of the other constant things that we have is drivers with their pre-trips and post-trips i mean and it, it's every company struggles i would imagine you guys have your own inter internal struggles also mm -hmm. because i think human complacency is our worst enemy when especially when it comes to trucking transportation it's like i drive this truck every day it's fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pre-trip it you know right. and and that got woken up to me clear back when i was a trooper i think it was in 2002 i had a fatal crash happen in the city of delta and it wasn't my crash it was the city's but when I was responding to it, you know, we found out it was going to be a fatal. And basically what happened was that truck driver going across the bridge in, in uh, 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 North Delta as he was leaving Delta going toward Grand Junction. If you've been across that Gunnison River Bridge, it's got exceptionally wide shoulders. And, and this truck, he was in the in the outside lane. He had some cars behind him, but he had a, a bunch of drunk guys behind him that tried to pass on that shoulder. And as they were passing right at the end of the bridge, they clipped themselves. They, they cut, him, cut him off, hit the rear of their car, spun him out. They hit another car head on that was in the other lane both the cars exploded and we had dead bodies and uh, so I'm glad I responded to it because I got to cover that one but through the investigation the driver uh, and that night it was Christmas Eve uh, the night before Christmas Eve they put him up in a hotel in Montrose and the driver was so happy he's like I got a good warm bed I got a good shower they bought me a steak dinner and uh, that morning he went out at uh, like 6 30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning whatever time it was he started his truck he filled out his logbook for the day as soon as he was done the truck was aired up and warm away he went 
you know, and the driver missed his pre-trip that day. And it was, uh, he, the driver did nothing wrong in this crash. It was wrong place, wrong time, totally a, a, prevent, a non-preventable crash. And uh, the lawsuit, like dispositions and everything else, like a couple years later, you know, ended up, and I was actually testifying on behalf of the driver, but they were the insurance companies and the lawyers, they were going after the driver for liability because they said if he would have done his pre-trip that morning, the time difference, if he would have started at 6.30, oh, it would have put him Lord. nowhere. That was their whole argument. would have put him nowhere near the time and location at the time of that crash. It just, it just it goes to show just how much these lawyers will twist the facts to get their benefit or get their settlement. So you got to protect yourself. So pre-trip is one of the huge, huge ones right there. And what? I'd say... Oh, go ahead. No, go one ahead. of the things on that is that we always try and touch about is you never know when that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, you and, don't. and so many of our drivers, we've been through what three fatalities now, none our fault. Hmm. That's a mandatory audit. If, if you're not squared away, you know, yeah. meaning us and that driver, and you don't know when that's going to happen. Oh, you just so right. you don't. And I, I guess or you, how what huh or how like right lady, right. Yeah. I mean, what a cockamamie lawsuit, number right. one. Yeah, it was. That was their defense is, oh, if he'd have done that, he wouldn't have been there at the time. But yeah. because the that, driver was negligent. Remember yeah, that. Yeah. As soon as the driver's negligent, they're able to separate him from your insurance right. and name him personally. He right. chose not to do that pre-trip. So now, and this is what your drivers and listeners need to make note of, this can happen to me. They, if you don't, right. if one bad decision shows you're negligent, those lawyers are going to name you personally. Right. And that means that house you just bought, your retirement, your bank accounts, your motorcycle, they're coming after you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we Absolutely. call it defendable, Ryan, is the is a term we use. Okay. Is and, and we've been taught that by our insurance company is is that is what everything we're doing, does that make us defendable because we're doing the right thing. Right. We're doing the pre trip. You know, we've got the the logs or whatever, or we've got the you know, the the inspections on the vehicles, all that kind of stuff. Are we defendable? You know, sure. are we are we running over weight and are we running over hours? Yeah, well that's yeah. not defendable, just yeah. just like you're saying. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, yeah, the uh, I guess the third point that I would say is one of the big ones is these brakes, the, the, the drivers, the air brake systems. You know, with the new disc brakes, it's kind of eliminating some of that problem because we're not out there adjusting them like we would. Right. But the drum brakes, you know, the, we went to, uh, in 1994, was the requirement to switch everything over to uh, the automatic slack adjusters. And we're still dealing today with technicians that are just adjusting brakes, drivers that are just adjusting brakes. Absolutely. And, and the, cold, the, the, the bottom line is is if you go through and do a manual adjustment on an automatic adjuster it only takes 10 brake presses and that brake ratchets itself right yeah. back out where you started and something's I, broken something broken in the brakes it's we worn out <laughs> i want to i want to give you a high five right <laughs> yeah. i know you guys can't see it because you know and we're mostly discs or all, all discs we're I'm all so. discs except for yeah. i think yeah, but, it's 17 trailers now but Jim. do you know how much we preached ryan that if you're having, if you've done a brake inspection and it's out of adjustment, and you have a self-adjusting slack adjuster, it's broken. It's broke. Yeah, it's broke. There's something wrong. Yeah, and so that, that's that's one philosophy too. But a lot of the, some of these technicians, they just go put brand new slack adjusters on it. It's like, when have you changed the S cam? Like I had a guy just down the road here. I was walking through their fleet, and they just kept having brake violations. I says, when's the last time you replaced? You just like you see all new brakes. It's got new linings, pads. You know, everything looks new in there. And I was like, okay, when's the last time you changed out that S-cam? And he says, 
what's an SCAM? Oh and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord, you know? And I so I get a paper out, and I kind of draw it for him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that yeah, is. Yeah, we got one of those. Oh, yeah, we've never changed those. <laughs> I'm like, that's probably your problem right there. Right. They wear, you know? You get a little bit of wear in that brake. That could be an inch and a half extra move, movement that that slack adjuster doesn't account for. Absolutely. So it's, it's, I tell everybody, you know, that slack adjuster, it's a communication device. It is no different than your if you go to your hydraulic brake system and you look at that master cylinder. When it's at max spool, usually that means the brakes and everything you're good when it gets down there to that minimum that means things are worn out in that brakes and it needs a brake yeah, service yeah. well the slack adjusters are doing the same thing you know when everything's brand new it's pushing out to about an inch about however long whatever your brake wear is you know i'm just gonna say six months to a year later when it's pushed out it's an inch and seven eighths on a type 30 brake sure it's still what to inspect but preventative it's not it should be at that one inch it's not resetting so right. if it's not resetting it needs to have brake service so that's one of the big things that i'm constantly working on and and uh, just trying to to get that information out there yeah, what's the biggest thing you're seeing on disc brakes um you know i think probably with just disc brakes and inoperative brake where drivers aren't paying attention and all of a sudden the, the 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 rotor starts to completely get covered with rust and or it gets tarnished or it starts to get pitted or grooved um i came across one uh you know a couple weeks ago that it was wearing way more on one side than it was on the other and in fact it had cracked and and started to warp and the driver's just reporting my truck's driving funny my brakes feel funny but nobody was fixing it so you know it, it's it's uh you know just just uneven wear i think overall a disc brakes a much more superior brake system than the the older you know drum brake and and that type of thing i think they're 100 percent better and they're 100 percent harder yeah that's a good point. to uh educate on yeah because there you don't have you don't just bend over and you just don't look at those two brake shoes anymore. You don't look at that S game. Yeah. You don't. You know the biggest thing we've ran into is we need to try and really push doing your air leak test. Yeah. You know you need to walk around that truck listening for an air leak, and it's it, it's a big deal. You know we've ran into a few chambers that that they're just plain not working, mm -hmm. and and it seems to be more common on the discs than we ever had with the with the. Right. I'll go with the 33 brake chambers, right? Well, you know what I mean? Agreed, Brother Dave. One of the one of the things that you see happening, too, within these brakes is, you know, when the driver's doing the in-cab procedure, when they hit the brakes, and you probably are familiar with this, you hit that brake, and you can hear everything engage, you can hear those brakes engage, and then just a split second later, that relay valve is dumping some air. Well, that ABS module, that, that valve, it is designed to dump that air, you know, that when, it, when it back feeds to it. The problem is, is during the brake press, it's not supposed to be getting that air, so... Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, people think, oh, that's a bad valve, and you replace that ABS module. Well, that's an expensive valve to replace. Yes, In all reality, you got a chamber that's got yeah, a bad diaphragm, and yeah. the air's leaking, leaking back through, through and yeah. it's it's hitting that valve and dumping. But right. uh, you know, I know I know the DOT, you know, the, the enforcement officers haven't picked up that that's a, an actually leaking diaphragm, or they'd be putting everybody out of service for that because usually they're looking for a leaking chamber to be a loose clamp or, or airs coming out of right. the chamber. But when that relay valve is dumping air in the middle of a brake press. One of your chambers is allowing air to squeak yep. by it. Yeah. So, yep. you know, so that, that's, a, we that's also a big, big problem. We don't expect our drivers to know that, but we try and teach our shop, hey, time to start pinching off, you know, look, pinch off your service yep. side, see where it's, Bigger, see where it's back, coming from. Back, or actually, your emergency side, because that's where it's leaking back through. So yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah, good yeah. stuff. The, the discs are a lot harder to educate on, a lot harder. Yeah. And, so and we, we feel we're way more shop dependent with the disc brakes. Yeah. 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 
And something else we found a little bit that we feel our guys are driving the car, the truck more like a car, Ryan, Mm -hmm. because the brakes are so good and and you don't get that responsibility of doing that adjustment, understanding that system. Like Dave's saying, they're just hidden. They're just sure. they're just like my car, right? And they yeah. and they and they don't they don't they do, but they don't smell as easy. They don't you know get as hot as easy. They still stop me all the time, and it's it's uh, it's still an education of you got to drive that. We wanted you to drive that truck old school, <laughs> right? Basically, yeah. not not what it can really do. I mean, we have the best engine brakes available, more powerful than anything ever made in the past. And we still have trucks come in with what we call with, trash truck brakes. Right. If you if you come in and your trucks are your brakes are squealing when you come down the street, Jim and I just cringe. Wow. It just drives yeah. us batty because at some point you heated those suckers up and it's I'm, I'm going to have to borrow that term. I'm gonna, trash, trash truck, truck brakes. Oh yeah, yeah. you've heard it in your neighborhood, right? I, when the know, trash truck. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's Every because Monday. that Every that Monday. trash yeah. truck made. 10,000 applications yeah, today, right? Yeah, of course. It's going to happen to that. Yeah. shouldn't happen to ours. Well, It you know, should not happen. And the other thing you run into, not not with the disc brakes, but we're running into, you know, in, especially in oil field services where you've got, uh, you know, a lot of rocks getting up into that brake. So you get a lot of pitted drums. And there's so many guys that just take flat, uh, you know, brand new linings and they put them on a groove mm-hmm. drum. And right. it's like, you, I can't seem to make that connection with them. It's like, look, when you put your hands together and rub them like this, what are you feeling right there? Well, heat. And I'm like, that's because you have 100% surface contact. I said, just put your fingers on there and do that. What is it the same? Right. And you, you know, it's like you're taking that break, and instead of going from 100% surface contact, you're going down to what 30% surface contact. Sure, and, I mean, that's going to yeah. drastically easily change less that. than 50, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we got to a point on the on the drum brakes too, and and you know, part of it was our success, but part of us was our culture too. Is all of those components are cheap compared to an accident so we would replace the drum we replace the slack adjusters or the you know the s cams the bushings bushings. you know put a brake kitted because that's that was cheap compared to anything else happening yeah you know it was a little time consuming for the shop but everything else was man that's that's nothing compared to not having not being able to stop yeah Uh, and i think you know one of the biggest things we need to have just within the company is or all companies with their maintenance is that proper brake inspection procedure mm-hmm. like right. set up don't just assume that your technicians know what they're doing you've oh, got to take that training you know to them to make sure that they're doing the correct procedures and they know not to and you guys are pro- proactive about it but out there trust me it's a whole different story so yeah i mean it's still an evolving training yeah uh, yeah, I, I don't even know the next word to say, right? It's just continued training. Yeah. We talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it. You know, I, I think I think a lot of our drivers, and I, I don't mean this bad because I love each and every one of them. We have so many that do such an amazing job. I think we have some that take for granted how new the equipment is, how mm-hmm. nice we keep it, yeah, yep. and think nothing's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong with this truck. It's brand new. Right? Yeah. When, I mean, you can wheel, a, you know this better than anyone, Ryan, you can wheel a brand new truck in and find something wrong. Oh, you can. And I remember when, when I, I hadn't gotten into motor carrier, I was still out in the Delta area. I was doing a level one inspection. I had a brand new truck pulled up. I was excited. I, heck, I'd never crawled under and a, a brand new truck. This guy pulled up, brand new Kenworth, and, and he said, I am proud to let you inspect my truck today. She is brand new. I just got, got her from the dealership. I said, well, I'm excited to inspect it because number one is I've never seen one this clean, you know? And uh, yeah, we I started doing the inspection and I, I got, I can't remember if it was the right, the passenger side or the driver's side, uh, the frame rails. 
Um, but every carriage bolt, I could sit there and spin it all the oh. way down that side. Oh. I, I looked up. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I had that look in my face because he went, oh, no. <laughs> and I just went, come here. And he got out, and I said, I don't, I barely have the heart to tell you this, but check these out. And he's all, you know, the conversation went straight south from there. I probably shouldn't repeat it, but, oh, he was angry. And I don't blame oh, yeah. him, you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah it yeah. can go wrong. Yeah, I almost feel like there's a good chance for something to be wrong in a new truck because nobody's really gone through it. Right. You know, the manufacturer's QC department maybe, but they're not getting yeah. DOT inspected. We right. are. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So. for sure. Uh, speaking of being proactive and being prepared, what is a mock level one inspection, and how does that help? Yep, a mock inspection. So one of the, one of the services we like to do it's kind of our way of just you know seeing what's going on with the fleet, seeing what's happening with their vehicles. Let's go out to the the clients a couple times a year and do our own little inspection on them. It's it's we try to do it similar to like what the DOT would do, but it was like, hey, let me give you the report and say this is how you would fare today if you went through a roadside inspection. So you get the same information without the ticket, without the true blue out of service, and uh, it's uh, it's just a really great way to look at it. if you're trying to be proactive saying hey how would we fare today without that doesn't hit your safety score so those conversations that we get to keep in-house but it looks really good to the insurance company when you can put forward the report and say hey you know we we had the dot guy out and his crew and they inspected these trucks and this is how we did we passed nice. um, i've also used you know things like that to show improvements when companies are trying to you know upgrade or trying to maintain their insurance or sometimes even keep it you know some of the some of the insurance companies are, are pretty hard to to keep and you, you get a couple strikes to get you out here in the, in the fleet and they, they want to drop right. you you know and right. the last thing you want to do is be calling up progressive saying hey can you add me to your your <laughs> right. list of flunkies you know right. and i'm not right. calling them flunkies but that's you get stuck with them you yeah. know uh, yeah. you know but uh yeah, yeah you want to you've worked hard to to go with those those cadillacs of insurances like great west and and that so you, mm. you really want to want to keep it so so yeah it's just like i said the mock inspection um it's uh a good way of just getting a good gauge on your fleet, getting a good gauge on what's happened with your maintenance technician, and and make sure that they're they're getting everything done that they're supposed to. Awesome. Yeah, that's, I, I hadn't heard that. Sorry, Jim. I hadn't heard that term before. The Cadillac of insurance companies, Great West. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I I that. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I hadn't looked at it. Like yeah, they're that. they're they're one of the exceptional. I would say the exceptional sure. insurance carriers, but sure. they have some pretty strict requirements, and you better abide by their rules, or right. they're going to kick you to the curb, and and then you're going to be insurance shot, and hoping you can get back in their good graces. And right. I mean, they, they give you awards, like you know, if you do good jobs, you get plaques to hang up in your office, and yeah, you're not getting the reward from Progressive. You know, they're <laughs> they're 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 encouraging you to keep going. I guess maybe you could get Flo to come in and give you guys a safety program. But but uh, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah we, we just had go, go ahead. No. Yeah, we just had a really interesting conversation with some people from Great West, and Eric was you know Flood and Pete was involved in stuff. Easy, uh, easy, well, easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah, about <laughs> different types of insurance and what if you're that company, what what is the future look like? Where can we get? Right. And the people that are stuck having to do with progressive what might happen to them and it was a good conversation ryan with them but i was just i was going to mention dave that 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 mock inspection and it and it, it would be a lot of inspections ryan and, and a lot of you know work for you but it just makes me key on should that should we be doing a mock inspection like a second day of our orientation our training or should we take like our one-year guy you know and i'm a hundred inspections but somebody that makes it to a year with us that Ryan comes in and does a mock inspection right. on his truck. Right. And what do you what do you, what what are we 
do you pass or fail? Is there something to go along with right? that? How, what yeah. can we do with that, Ryan? That would that would help make us both better, right? You know? Right. I, I think, you know, first off, you know, the comfort of working with your team, you know, when, when I first come in and start working with teams, you, you can sense some of the, the standoff, you know, people, they, they, once they hear my, I'm with the DOT, they, they first off, they think that, oh, he's a DOT guy. I'm like, no, I'm not that DOT guy, right? <laughs> um, but w- once I start to establish and build that relationship, it's, it's funny how fleets, when they start recognizing me on their site or watching them do their pre-trips, how instantly... You know, as soon as I start walking through, guys are actually bending over and checking their their wheel fasteners and and checking their tires where before they're just kind of walking around. Um, But when we do those mock inspections, you know, they... They're, they're interested. They want to know what the mm-hmm. outcome is, especially if they are working hard to make sure that, that they're good. So they, you get a lot of questions, you get a lot of involvement. And be honest with you, the inspection that the roadside officer does compared to the inspection that the drivers do in their pre-trip, they're almost identical. They're, mm-hmm. they're, there's not that much sure. of a difference. Sure. I mean, you yeah. know, and and I, I got told one time when I was teaching my pre-trip, post-trip class, they're like, well, Ryan, you do your inspection like a law enforcement officer, like a DOT inf- professional. And I'm like, I just open a hood at a different time. You guys usually start by opening a hood. I usually do the walk around, and then I open the hood. I, and I, I talk in the beginning, like, you do your inspection your way. You 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 yeah. find that. Be consistent about it. But the inspections, I mean, if, if I got a driver that does a pre-trip every day and didn't write anything down on his DVIRs, and I got a person that worked at a port of entry that was a barista, you know, a month ago, and now they got got certified to be a truck inspector. <laughs> They're finding twenty things wrong. I'm going to say maybe we should follow what the former barista was doing. Not not a dig at the, the inspector, but um, you know, it, it it's true. Some of the, yeah. the walks of life. I mean, motor carrier safety port of entry folks that are working in that. I mean, maybe they've been there a long time, but. They're just like me. They came from something. I didn't want anything to do with safety, but yeah, if I could do a walk around and find twenty things wrong, and they do a walk around and find nothing wrong, let's follow that other procedure. It's a problem. I I do want to make a point too, Ryan. I know you said when you show up somewhere and do an inspection, you say you're DOT, and they're like, "Oh, you're that DOT guy," and you're like, "No, I'm not that DOT guy." I guess we try and train or teach or educate our people that, hey, if that DOT person doing your inspection finds something wrong. You should be grateful. Yeah, of course. We're we're thankful. Mm-hmm. We're not happy about it. Yeah. There's two different things. Right. We're thankful. Yeah. We're not happy about it because number one, our driver failed that job. Number two, our shop failed that job. And number three, we failed. Because at some point we didn't teach someone to do that. We didn't educate someone how to check that. We've screwed up on our processes, which we think we have our processes pretty good, but ultimately the buck stops with us. It's our fault. Yeah. Yeah. We're the ones it's the hit on our CSA. You know all of that. So and, and brother we're, Dave, we're, we're that, thankful when they find something. We really yeah. are uh, uh, and, not happy. And I appreciate thankful. you saying that, but that's what <laughs> sets your company, this company, aside from everybody else that's out there. Because that's not the and your drivers that are coming with you. I, I hope that they recognize what this the safety culture is here. Because that's one of my biggest hurdles is disrupting a company's safety culture and saying. The old way of doing stuff has to stop. We right. have to follow this one. Yeah. And it's for me, I don't get to work with companies like this that often. I, I work with the companies that are calling me <laughs> because they're in trouble. And I gotta go in there and we gotta effectively change their mind, you know? And uh, we gotta get them to just stop running. You know, this is done for the overall good of things. And overall, once you get on top of it, it's gonna be better. You're gonna have a smoother operation, you're gonna right. be able to run longer. But they just look at it in the right now. And I think some most of them are so upside down. Down financially that we don't have time 
to stop and do this right. So the it, the snowball effect is just huge. And uh, like I said, companies like you, you don't call me to come in and consult for you because you guys are are, are nailing it. You're doing great. But uh, so I'm I'm always thankful when I get to work with companies like you because this is where I I get to learn stuff too. Because it's like oh hey that's a that's a really great philosophy. That's a really great idea. I get to try to take things like that on and kind of kind of push that agenda through the different groups Good. that I'm working with. So, no charge. Yeah, great job. <laughs> But I think that's the, you know, and, and hopefully we continue with the pod, podcast where we will, but that's what we found that, you know, that old, it takes a, it takes a village. Oh boy. It is the same way with us, Ryan. And, and I know when we went pheasant hunting, we had like Keith up there from Peterbilt and you, and we had the flood and Pete guys and, you know, Pinnacle and all of us talking makes everyone better, but you, you got to do that communication and you got to have that conversation and you just can't. You know, I mean, the the bad guys aren't talking to anybody. No. You know what I mean? No. They're they're not they're not. No, they're just in their own little bubble. Yeah, and just yeah, they don't and, care about it. And they're right. the ones that are crashing. They're the ones yep. that are causing crashes amongst you because, again, yep. you get these these renegades out there. And they're not paying attention to their space. They're cutting you off just like little cars are cutting you off. Sure, yeah. you know, Ryan, that's that's part of. We put some advertisement on our gates as far as the Channel Twenty Three podcast that we're doing right here right now, and our 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 hope is. If one person listens and learns something today, yeah. we won. If it's one single person out of all of those listens and they learn something, we won. Yeah. You know, if they watch that eight-second video that we talked about, we won. If they check their pre-trip, post-trip better tonight, we won, right? And if, if one person does that, yeah. we feel we touched someone and made a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and it works. It, it, listening to you say that, Dave, it's the same thing, though. If Let's say you're an individual guy and you want to learn about it, and you call Ryan's company, right? Yeah. Or or your or your hey, I've had a really good safety score. I'm doing really well. You call Flood and Pete. Right. Or hey, I, I I think I'm I'm doing well enough. I can buy a truck. You call Rick over at MHC. But that community, you know. Right. Or we mentioned the CMCA. Well, I want to belong to the CMCA. Yeah. Sounds like a great group. You go down and it is. Yeah. It's it's it, it. Or you're a driver and you want to work for a company. Call us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. A good absolutely. company. Or, right. or, or you. That's you know, what I meant. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> and, and we all say it. Or you've worked for us, or or will work for us, or whatever. But you go someplace else. You're a better driver. Oh, absolutely. You know? and, oh, yeah. and and you can take that knowledge I, to yeah, your company. You know, we sit here and we say every week we repeat the same thing. We talk about the same thing. It's safety. It's safety. It's safety. You know, and we always pick our topic or whatever. And I said this last week or the week before. I don't remember which. But when Grace West was out here that you just mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Larry and I can't think of Larry's last name, but he's their senior risk analyst and advisor. Great guy. He's 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 been around forty years. Seen a lot of things like we have. And uh, one of the things he brought up, and this is where Jim and I always talk, like, <laughs> why do we have to repeat ourselves? Why do we have to keep talking about that? Why do we have to keep talking about that? And Larry said something that hit me, and I won't forget it. He said, you can lead a horse to water, and you can't make it drink. Get that. You've heard that your whole life, My right? whole life. Yep. But if you hold his head under long enough, eventually it takes some in. Yeah, it does. That does. And I'm like, son of a gun. I love it that. Is. I love it that. Is. So if we get that guy that hasn't been listening to us for 20 weeks, but tonight he does a better or she does a better post-trip, I'm thankful. We're thankful for that, right? Because they took something in. They, they, it's eventually seeping in. That safety culture is seeping in. Do your post-trip. Yep. Check for air leaks. Do an audible test. Do you know what I mean? Your your senses. We talk about the senses all the time. Your touch, taste, your smell, your hearing. You walk around that truck. You'll smell a wheel seal out, 
right? You'll hear an audible air leak if you're walking around the trailer with the pinch valve pulled while your brakes are released. You know, I mean, you'll you're, there's just yeah. so many things. You know, you'll hear that nail in that tire leaking. You, you'll you just you gotta you gotta do it, yeah. right? Yeah, you yeah, gotta 100%. do it. We've yeah. seen it a few times. We've had some you know young bucks come through here, or even some some old dogs that come through and they just want to do it their way, but they want to work here, and eventually. We wear them down a little bit, you know what I mean? Like we're listen, holding their head underwater. We are holding it, yeah. All in. And then they turn out to be amazing drivers. Amazing. You know, I, I don't want to say names because I don't want people to think they were problem children to begin with. But <laughs> we've had some guys here where it's like I wouldn't think they're going to make it. And you know, we sit down with them. Hey, listen, you know, you can't bomb down the hill right. loaded. Hey, listen, you can't follow a, a car so close. Hey, listen, you can't flip a driver off. Hey, listen, you can't do this. But they they want they they know they're thirsty, they just don't want to drink yet. I right, guess, you know what I mean. But eventually they take some. It's just, it's just such yeah. a great analogy, it is. isn't it, Jim? It, is. it just yeah. it, when he he even paused like that. But you can't make it drink. Yeah, you know, and then then let off with the yeah. well. If you hold it under long enough, eventually it takes some in. Yeah. So I just I love that. That is true. Very true. Yeah. So Ryan, one other thing I know we've been hitting you over the head for information oh. here. Uh, one other thing we want to touch on, and you did bring some good information on, is uh, drug alcohol testing programs and the clearinghouse. Perfect. Yeah, um, we run a drug and alcohol t- a testing program. You know, for businesses where we do the the drug and alcohol. You know, DOT testing, non DOT testing, FEMSA testing. We're just a local company that does it. You know, uh, so it's it's a great great program. But with that, you know, in in 2000 they implemented the FMCSA clearinghouse. And the compliance and stuff that goes with that, number one, you know, you're either companies are either doing it or they're not, and unfortunately, most of them are not. Hold on, wait, you said, I'm sorry, you said 2000? I'm sorry, 2020. I don't okay. know where 2000 came. We yeah. were talking about the blast from the yeah, past yeah, earlier, gotcha. so <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Got it, got so, it. Yeah, sorry. We're, we're good. So, yeah, January 6, 2020 is when that, that whole thing got implemented and started. Um, and uh, if you all remember, it was kind of utter chaos, you know, I, for that first in, uh, you know, going 2019, coming into 2020, I actually had classes around the state that I was teaching clearinghouse, trying to get companies geared up for it. And they can't get them, push them in, like, get registered now, get started. And, and of course, the industry waited until January 6th of 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the site crashed, uh, if you remember uh, it was an utter disaster, and right about that same time, COVID was getting started, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, call times was eight hours. You call the FMCSA, you'd be on hold for eight hours. Um, then it got to where you had to submit, and they'd call you back, and that, they'd be like, oh, we'll call you back in three months, that kind of thing. So everybody just kind of gave up on Clearinghouse. A lot of companies have, have since kind of you know gotten everything going. But to to the the degree of what the FMCSA wants you to believe, it's it's not there, you know. Because I, I go into company after company, and some of them are really squared away companies. It's like yeah, we we still haven't done anything with Clearinghouse because we're locked out and we couldn't get it working and that kind of thing. Or we thought our TPA, their third party service provider, was doing it. And here's the thing, they don't. You got to check with them. It's like we we do for our clients. We try to be an all hands on deck. So like we want if you're on our drug and alcohol, we don't want you to have to worry about that. Let us help you take care of that. 
so we, we you know do the clearinghouse but a lot of these tpas they don't so that that's kind of one of the things but I, I i brought kind of the report i printed this off this is you know they put out um the the clearinghouse stats every month um and i've, I've kind of followed them since the beginning because i just have found it so fascinating but in uh you remember this year or i guess it was last year they announced that it was the the three-year anniversary of the start of the clearinghouse so you no longer had to do when you're doing your when you're hiring your background investigation you no longer have to do the uh hey did this employee were they in your drug and alcohol to have a positive test they eliminated that you still can and i highly recommend as companies anybody listening to this you should still be doing this and quite simply the first page of this report just talks about the online registrations and just for example if you just go over straight to the total line total driver registrations there are four million Four hundred and or four four million four hundred six thousand. And brother Dave, I think earlier today we were talking to Angie. Talked about it in his podcast. You said there's how many trucks on the road each and every day? Thirteen million. Thirteen million. Well, we're a far cry from, from them drivers. And you're <laughs> right. you're not talking about just cars on the road. You're talking oh, about CDL style a trucks. Class eight semi. So you see those numbers just don't jive, right? right. How could right. we be in such compliance that we can eliminate doing that background check because the clearinghouse? No, the clearinghouse is working. For those who are registered to it, but you know, and I, I think what the DOT is looking at it is not necessarily who's registered, because whether you're registered or not, if you have a positive test, your results getting sent to the clearinghouse. So I mm -hmm. think that's where they're kind of banking it. But you know, definitely don't put all your eggs in that basket. So I gave you guys just some sheets, and I, I went through on mine and just highlighted a couple things I wanted to talk about. You know, you look at you know just in the the first uh, that first page where it talks about queries, it just kind of shows you, you know companies are doing the queries, uh, just kind of kind of pushing. Up. You can just see those total numbers there over at the end when we talk about, you know, 6 million queries were done the first year, the next year uh, 6.9, and then the last year uh, or this current year was 7.1 uh, million queries. So we just, you know, but queries are going to be done, first off, every company's got to query their driver at least once a year, and then you got to do that that limp, that, that pre-employment query when you're hiring right. them. Mm -hmm. And so many companies, it's like, yeah, we went to do the query, but the driver never granted us consent. Well, where's the driver? Well, he's out in our truck right now. I'm like, do you ever stop and smell the roses, right? You're like, well, why do you think that driver didn't grant you consent? So sure enough, that we'll, we'll call that driver, say, hey, you never grant. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. That's, that's you know, the, the thing. I, let me get in there and do that now. And you know, he's like, oh, I'm calling his wife. I'm about to lose my job. Yeah, because we run that limit, that, that pre-employment query. And sure enough, it comes back. You know, he, he, huh. he yeah. yeah, he comes back. Yeah. He, he's a prohibited driver. So, you know, so with that, you know, this year we're, you know, it's supposed to be toward this this fall. I think it's in November. Uh, the states, the driver's license authorities, if we have a prohibited driver in the clearinghouse, they're going to start losing their CDLs. So that's right. that's it's coming late. up. Some of the states are already doing it. I'm sure it's going to be a lot like the 2015 situation where the medical cards, y'all remember when that happened, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, hey, half of our fleet's freaking, you know, they're, right. they're suspended today right. because the state went, hey, we didn't get their medical card. Yeah. Boom, we suspended half the drivers in the state of Colorado. Right. I think it was actually we, over half. We but. still bump into that here yeah. and there when we get a renewal and we tell yeah. everyone to verify it. I mean, it... it we were bothered by it enough that Great West introduced us to Samba, right, Samba. right, Jim, and uh, so now we get we get notified sure. the minute that happens. Yeah, so every I day I log into Samba to mm -hmm. look for notifications. Yeah, you got the tracking notifications, which yeah, is great, see, great stuff. See if somebody but, lost their CDL. Yeah, for us companies, you know, for like us, that's what my team does. You know, we we track all the drivers when a driver's getting close to expiration. My staff is sending that. We run that. We enter their record. We make sure the state's got it. 
and we do a follow-up MVR to make sure that it matches because that's where uh, there's one step that gets missed a lot. You'll you'll send it mm-hmm. into the state, but you forget to double rerun that MVR and make sure that they actually sure. updated it. Yep. And sure. If they didn't, they don't. It's, nobody goes to the to the department of, or to the license office. Says, hey, you guys messed up. I'm going to hit you with a fine. No, they they come after you, the carrier. Like, hey, you didn't do this. In fact, last year I had a company over here at Atlas Metal. This driver lost his. He he got his. He sent it in. He had all the proof. He sent it in. They even had the MVR to show that it was the right medical card. The state made a mistake. They suspended him. It took him nine months to get his license. He got two tickets. He got the first one for driving suspended. Even though he had a good MVR, he got the first ticket. They suspended him. Well, he's a good guy. He paid it. He without even thinking about it. He's like, I just paid it. Let it go away. Well, as soon as he paid it, that's an admission of guilt. So then the state Jeez. officially suspended his license for paying him for being. He got another ticket by the state patrol, and it took me nine months we bought it and then the, the state didn't want to overturn the other one They're like well he was suspended on the other one i'm like he was suspended because he paid a bs ticket that y'all dismissed i mean you don't see this and right we just went back and forth and it's like sometimes it's like arguing with a brick in the wall so like, oh. come on guys but bureaucracy but anyways yeah it, it was crazy but yeah you want to stay on top of that because they're they're very serious okay kind of getting over here you know when we talk about the violations that are reported you you, you see some good information there i'm not gonna spend too much on that but i definitely encourage you to just kind of look through this if you hadn't um if your team is interested in these reports you know you can download this off of the fmcsa i brought in uh, there's one extra one in here that uh, you you. know if anybody wants to see it or or post it down there i think what i like about this page when it talks about the violations is we just start to look at you can see it kind of breaks that down actual knowledge of a drug violation you know if you've got a drug test review refusal or a positive and the same thing for the alcohol so the drugs is going to be in the blue and the the alcohol violations are going to be in the orange but if you flip over to the drug and alcohol test by violation by type and we just kind of go down through this page here this is the the one that i'm looking at here and you go through and you look at it you see the violations for pre-employment obviously those are the, the the highest but right down below that you see random testing and you see alcohol positives and then you go down and look at that reasonable suspicion look how small that number is for reasonable suspicion and here's the thing when it comes to that reasonable suspicion number one the training okay the dot doesn't require recurrent training on that okay but that should be done like like we need to refresh on that every every couple years because why are we having random tests that means that driver got pulled out of the truck to go do the test and they were drunk or they were high on something at the time while they were working for you what's going why didn't supervisors pick up on that? And I, I understand if you were going to get through the crack, but that reasonable suspicion stuff, that is for you. And we don't think about it. You're not like you guys were trained to be a trooper on DUI patrol. Right. So you go through, you take that class, you think about it for the next couple of weeks, and then next thing you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. And it, when you think about everything, especially here in Colorado that has changed, especially with weed, um, and, and just go ahead and flip to that next page while we're on that topic especially with marijuana okay right. which is by far the number one positive test okay there's a problem and here's the thing marijuana has turned into you know when i was a kid it was like oh yeah i got some weed we're gonna go smoke it out you know wherever and i i was i went to a small town so you had the stoners the jocks and that and i was kind of amongst <laughs> the jocks crowd so i never smoked weed until i went to college and, and you know that kind of thing and you know i, I fell victim to the you know i think i was chasing <laughs> a girl and went and smoked weed with her because i thought it was going to lead to other things and it was an ultimate failure but anyway that's a story for over a beer but but you know the uh, the whole thing is is uh you know you you look at this you look at the test you see this this marijuana not only do supervisors need to be trained but we also need to be awareness training with our drivers you know well, wait a minute it's legal 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. But drivers, what, what they're coming to you is they're like, well, it's legal. And it's like, look, if you want to smoke marijuana, you, you have the right to. That is totally up to you. You just got to change professions. You right. just can't be a truck driver anymore, right? <laughs> right. You gotta, you, you're going to have to, to, to do something different. But what we're seeing with weed is um, this trend. It's kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, you had the old closet alcohol, the guy that kept the bottle in the drawer or whatever, and he just throughout the day just took a little drink. Well, what that did was that kept his alcohol level at a certain level, and he was just right there. They're not admitting it, but we're seeing the exact same thing with weed now. Not that it's that to that addictive point. They can quit. They just don't want to. Okay, but what they're doing is they're dosing. They call it dosing, and and they're they're going through and they're consuming it throughout the day. Like you can you can go to a dispensary now and you can buy weed in whatever form you want. You can get pills that you take orally. You can get patches that uh, what are they transdermal or whatever. Oh wow. Um, yeah. yeah, you can get uh, drinks. You know, what um, do you, prefer? you can get dissolvables. <laughs> they make one that looks. You know, are you guys familiar? With the Mio that you go, you can flavor your bottle of your water. You put a couple yeah. of squirts. Oh, in yeah, yeah. You got like a sport drink type You're thing. Wow, you they make that. They make stuff, and the bottle looks exactly the same. Pull the weed label off. You just get, keep that in your lunchbox and flavor your water. They, they could wow. be consuming weed right in front of you, and you have no idea because wow. they're and what they're doing is they're just maintaining this level. They're yeah. not bringing it up to that high where it's like something's wrong with Joe, you know, and you're, you're sitting there looking at him, but they are maintaining. So, you know, so and I, I, not to interrupt you, Ryan, but is that because it like that stays in your system 30 days or, or longer? I mean, I should, think it depends yeah. on your, your body type, right? But uh, that's what that test is is written over, right? Yes, it is. So if I smoked it a month ago and get tested, my body structure, I may yep. possibly still have it in my system. You could. This isn't something that that's not a test that you're physically on it right now as you took. But the it test. doesn't have to be. I, DOT, I get that. Right? I get but, yeah. But that's it. Could be. It could not be. It just right. depends when they consume right. if they're still in it. But right. uh, that's and I think that's the one thing. Well, the weed advocates. That's what they always argue. Well, it's not fair in marijuana because it stays in your system for so long. It's like. Well, that's the rule. You're 100% prohibited. You just can't consume it right. at all. Um, but, yeah, but we also get drivers coming in with the CBD questions. Well, I didn't smoke weed. I used a CBD product, okay? Um, and, uh, yeah, you can go and if you get in, and I know people in the marijuana industry, you go through and you sit down and you talk to them. They will all tell you, like, they'll because they're always trying to push their CBD products on everybody in the neighborhood. Well, you sit down and, and talk to them. They will tell you, yeah, CBD is great, but it doesn't truly work unless it's got a THC kicker behind it. So if you're truly using the CBD product that works, guess what? You're also con THC. consuming the THC right. with it. Right. So you know, so so driver education is is absolutely huge. Make sure that they understand what the requirements are and and that type of thing. What the prohibited what was prohibited on there. Um, if you just look at that next page, it just kind of breaks down in a bar graph, shows you what those positive tests. So you just kind of puts it into perspective, really how much the difference is um it would be really nice if they took the opiates and just kind of scored those a little bit differently because they'd, they'd definitely be a little bit higher you can see you know we have uh, over three years you know we have 139,000 positive tests for uh, thc going down to the next one 37,000 would be your marijuana or i'm sorry cocaine and then you've got methamphetamines with 20,000 right behind that and then regular amphetamines behind that with 19,000 but then you drop down those next ones 5,000 4,000 4,000 3,000 1,600 1,500 those are all of your opioids and so they've got those broken down by the type but if we were to do math on all that that's going to put us you know up there you that's know 19,000 oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're so right you kind of right. look I at the that. opioid use so we, we definitely have a problem with that but regardless across the board 
marijuana is the the huge factor mm-hmm. and it's because we're legalizing it everywhere it's readily available and quite frankly the federal government doesn't have a solution to to, to regulate in it anywhere near like what they do alcohol putting the guidance on it because the science isn't there there's no science right now that says that hey you consume this is how much you have in your system now you're either high or you're not high but the, it's still in your system right, just as right. you're messaging me- mentioning you know and then i always laugh at that the pcp you know there's there's 483 positive tests of drivers that got sent in while they had PCP. And, and I don't remember off the top of my head. I did. I knew it once upon a time how long PCP stays yeah. in their system. But my, I always think of that. I'm like, hey, the 80s called. They want their drug back. But uh, right. well, apparently there's yeah. still a little bit of PCP floating around out there. Right. If you're going to laugh, too, also as you go down this, 269 on ecstasy. Yep. Why, why they're driving? I don't know who showed up for their drug test with ecstasy. Man, the, the lights on the highway just look wild today. Something like that, you know. Yeah, you know, and and that could be left over, like club drugs, something like that. Yeah. They were partying over the weekend. You know, I, re- I remember a company over in Arvada. I was I was working and we were dealing with it, and I came across a pre-employment test within this company, and it was the driver had a positive for cocaine, and his previous employment, all of his documents, his previous employer, they sent the background back to the company. It says we terminated him because he tested positive for cocaine. And I was like, hey, where's this driver now? Like, well, he's out in the truck. And I'm like, did you guys see this? Well, nobody reviewed the documents. So mm. that comes back to the company. It's like, we got to train the people looking at the paperwork to make yeah. sure that they're looking at this to prevent right. this. We called that driver. Funny part of this whole story was he came in. He's like, oh, yeah, that cocaine situation, that was that was BS. I was just at a party where they were snorting some cocaine, and, yeah, I just got in a little bit in my system because I was in the room with it, and there must have been some in the air, and I breathed it in. I'm like, <laughs> I've heard of osmosis through hot, hot boxing, but I've, I don't, this is the first time I ever heard the cocaine story. Uh, so, cocaine, yeah. I hate cocaine. I just like the way it smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's kind of, like I said, it's just some pretty interesting facts. If you kind of look through and dissect those, if you're number-oriented, you can see that i i definitely see that you know i think clearinghouse is working we're, we're gathering up these positive tested drivers you know if you go back and just kind of look at the the years too between you can see in 2020 we had 29,000, 2021 30,000, and then 2022 it went quite up to 40,000, and it kind of dropped down a little bit that trend kind of moved down so you know i think uh as we start to see these drivers start to lose their their cdls or get canceled while they're in prohibited status I think maybe that'll start to truly weed out. But as it sits right now, you literally have a driver. They can get fired from one company and right, wrong, or indifferent. They can walk across the street and they can be driving a truck before the day is up. And that's not a good hiring practice, but right. it's happening everywhere. Right. So that's that's kind of the hurdles that we have. Seems like it's happening less, though. I mean, with the 139,000 people either have to go through an SAP program or quit driving. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, but they have to find that. That's great. They got an SAP program, but now they got to find a motor carrier that's willing to hire them right. through that process. Right. And if they're, and a lot of them aren't. You know, I, I get drivers that call me and they're like, "Hey, would you guys run our SAP program?" And I'm like, "I technically can't. I'd have to go buy a truck and claim that you were driving right. for me." Mm-hmm. You know, right. and uh, we won't do it for someone that just shows up here, knocks on the door, a new employee. Mm-hmm. We've done it for what three now. People here that have screwed up are employed, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and caught on a random or whatever yeah. the case may be, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the bad part, like you said, Ryan. But the hassle of doing it if you're a new employee and we need to do all that could just to hire you, yeah. it's not yeah. worth it. It's For years, it. Ryan, we were in a consortium, mm-hmm. right? And we had been through our DOT audits, we, you know, passed with flying colors. And Jim and I looked at each other and we're like, we're never tested. 
during our consortium, wow. this big consortium we're in, you know, there's like 10,000 people in this consortium, but none of our people are ever tested for the randoms. Yeah, like one, and, one, well, once a year, twice a year, we get two people or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were like, we just had to make the choice. Like, no, we, we want our own yeah. program, right? And we do that. We and, offer that too. Yeah, yeah. So, so we switched. We're with Kevin over there at Drug Techs. He, he does our, our randoms mm-hmm. and, you know, creates sure. all that. Because during one of the audits, we were doing our own randoms, right? And we took, we took a bingo roller put balls in it, associated them with a name, rolled it, and whatever ball fell out, that was who we called. We got a fine and a ticket for that oh, because yeah. that's illegal. Not a scientific right? valid. Not a randomly right. generated yeah. computer-issued number. Mm-hmm. So we. So anyway, <laughs> you know, you go through these things, which for us, we were like, hey, we, we met the criteria. Yeah. To us, it, it can't get more random than you spin right. it and stop and a ball falls out, right? So <laughs> yeah. doesn't work that way. So anyway, we, we go that process, but... What uh, what we really like, or what I like, I guess this is what I'm what I'm down to. What I like about the clearinghouse is we had employee after employee after employee that we would run across, go in for that pre-employment drug test, and the first time it was probably I don't think we were with Kevin with drug techs probably a week, Jim, and we yeah. sent one of our first two random uh, uh, or new employee drug tests up there, right? New hire drug tests. And Kevin calls us. I answer the phone. I'm like, "Hey, Kevin, what's up?" And he tells me, "Hey, I got a guy here for his for his uh, pre-employment drug test, and uh, his temperature is 106." And I'm like, "Kevin, so what, he's got a cold. He's sick. What is that?" I, yeah. This doesn't mean anything to me, right? I, I'm pretty ignorant on that. And he's like, "Dave, the guy'd be in a coma. <laughs> he, can't, he can't. His urine can't be 106 degrees when I'm testing it. That's impossible, you know. Or 109, whatever it was, you know, off the charts. And finally, then it was like the duh moment, you know, because that, that's not. I don't know this, right? I'm not thinking about sure. it. I'm not. I, I'm not educated in that. And finally, that guy would just leave and go down the street and get a job at the next place. He would go to the next drug tech company, and and you know that person if they weren't checking the temperatures would pass yeah right this eliminated that that guy does that now boom they're in the clearinghouse their their little plan of what they've been doing and getting away with is done it's over so that's probably the largest single most great thing that i've seen with with the clearinghouse well i'm telling you right now there are a lot of drug and alcohol testing companies out there and they, a lot of them are just BS. They're just, uh-huh. they're going through it. They're not actually doing what needs to be done. Sure. You know, so you got, yeah, this, it's just like anything else, you know. And some people complain about our program because we're a little bit more expensive. But it's like, you know what, we're not that company. We're right. offering the service. You right. want, you know, we, we can give right. you the program for a dollar. But we're not going to do anything for you. We right. ours yeah. is a first, we're like we're a complete hands-on service. We manage it for you. We yeah. help make sure it's done and and take care of that. And I'm I'm not putting myself ahead. Kevin at Drug Text does a good job. Um, but there are some companies out there that's like, no, you, right. you guys got to be doing something different for mm-hmm. sure. So it all goes to that education thing. Mm-hmm. I think they ran into the same thing because I just seen something that the that the uh, medical examiners or the guys giving your your medical cards they're they're having to be held accountable now there's some background yeah, yeah stuff that's they're changed doing. a couple times in like the last five yep, years yep I think, and i too. think there was just the same people there given given a dot physical and away you go and they didn't do anything yeah you know, so yeah it, it's very interesting but yeah. that's that's the circles that we're turning in so right yeah, that's, absolutely yeah, yeah. we got to put ourselves above the rest yep yep 
Ryan, if you want to touch real quick on uh, files and record keeping before we, we move on. Uh, I, I, I guess, you know, with, with the files and record keeping, biggest thing with companies is get yourself organized. You know, come up with that process, the philosophy, and just make sure everything is is good, well organized. It's, it's a really great idea to, to, to go through them. Um, you know, if you're going to bring in an auditor, make sure it's an auditor that knows what they're doing because you're going to be following their guidance and that. When I, when I go in through and do an audit, they tell me, what do we need to do? to get ready for you and i tell everybody don't do a thing i want to see it (laughs) today as it is and they're like well we want to get ready for you we want it to be good and i'm like the problem with that statement (laughs) is is you guys are going to go through you're you're going to get to work you're going to do you're going to spend hours upon end getting ready for me and it's going to all be wrong and that's Mm -hmm. time that's not time that's going to be beneficial it's wasted time so again you know a lot of companies you know they need to recognize what their shortcomings are get those files organized make sure that they're the proper forms make sure that that, that everything is complete and their processes. I mean, there's a lot of people doing DQ files, a lot of people doing maintenance files. You know, DOT, it's paperwork everywhere, but they don't truly understand the process of the whys. And I can remember when I first got into DOT and I was learning all this stuff, going through the DOT compliance classes, you know, at the beginning, it's like, just it just seems like there's so much and then after a while you once it clicks with you you start to realize there's an end means to everything and one helps drive the other and all these dot regulations do actually tie together Uh and uh and it it does once you once you truly get that understanding of it it's like there's you understand the reason the rationale and one of the things scott hernandez you know and mark savage you know those are my my two supervisors at state patrol they always talked about the letter of the law and the intent of the law mm-hmm. and the intent of what they're doing this is to look at that end goal so if you quit looking at the letter and start realizing what the at- intent is right. a lot of it starts to make a lot more sense so i like that i can relate that there's everyone's heard the saying practice makes perfect but it's actually perfect practice makes perfect otherwise you're just practicing the wrong thing because yeah. i've had like students tell me hey i want to take your gun class but i want to go practice first and it's like <laughs> Please don't do that. Just come to the class, and we'll just make sure you're doing it the right mm-hmm. way from, right. from mm-hmm. the jump. So that does make a lot of sense. Jim, I seen you've been taking notes. Do you have anything for Ryan before we move on? No, no. I, I mean, I've just been I've just been taking some of his his what he's been saying and make. Oh, I got to remember that. I got to remember gotcha. that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I think the and I'm I'm I know you know about it, uh, Ryan. But one of the things that best helped us, and I think it was Randy that brought the book the last time that we had an in-house audit was the book that has the gray or the white where there's like you said the letter of the law and the intent of the law but there was the two paragraphs oh, the interpretations the interpretations yes. yeah and yeah. we we love that ryan that was yeah. that was like it was so helpful to go over that number wasn't it randy that talking about that one <laughs> that, that book exactly. was yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. 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 yeah 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 and it was and he showed us that and we were just like gosh that so much stuff made so much more sense right it yeah. was just better yeah yeah, that's, that's one thing to know the rules and regulations. That, that gray area of the law you're talking about, those are the interpretations, okay? Mm-hmm. And they are available in that the, these regulation books, the management edition of these regulation books. They used to be. They're still available. But I'm, the reason I'm saying they used to be is they were always on the FMCSA website when you go to the regulations. But they have the interpretation site through all their regulatory updates. They are so messed up mm-hmm. that you can't find them. I actually spent probably 30 minutes, about six months ago, Randy and I were on the phone together for about 30 minutes. And I said, here's the problem. I need these interpretations. And I said, because J.J. Keller pulled them out of their book, but I know they're still in the system. And I said, how do you get to them? And he's like, oh, you just go here. And I'm like, okay, Randy, I'm telling you, (laughs) you can't get to them on your guys' website. He's like, oh, yeah, you can. 
Oh no! Yeah, the, the <laughs> feds have got the interpretation side of the website completely oh, messed up. So if you want to see some interpretations, you know, definitely, you know, keep keep the book, get that management edition. A good safety professional knows the rules. A great safety professional knows the rules and the interpretation. Oh, so sure. yeah, you got to know them both. Good, like absolutely, absolutely. Uh, safety topic of the week is to stay on the roads in the pits. We've had a couple instances where. We're pulling into a pit. We're not staying on the actual road to get to the piles, and we're getting stuck. So there are a lot of soft areas that will suck you in. If you do get stuck, the best thing you could do is just stop. Don't let those wheels spin and dig yourself a deeper hole. Just stop. You know, you could take a video. You could FaceTime us. You could call us, take pictures. Let us take a look. We may send somebody out, but it may be easy to get you unstuck before you really get stuck. The big yeah. thing on that is, you know, we're, we we talk about it a lot. Don't drive where there's no tracks right. in the pit. Yep. And, and don't drive where there's no truck tracks in the pit. Right. Just because you see loader tracks. That's a footprint right yeah, there. Yeah, right. I mean, if there's if there's just loader <laughs> yeah, tracks. Yeah, Bigfoot. No, and no he just tracks. went over the mountain, yeah. but that's where I'm yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on the road. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the mention there. Stay on the road. You know, we haven't touched upon it quite a, for, for quite a while now. I think either Scooby or JR mentioned it the other morning on the radio, but, you know, the, the edges of the road right now, the, the shoulders, are boy, soft. if you stop at a gas station somewhere or something, yeah. you get that right side of the truck off in the soft stuff you know don't don't get off the road there we've had a lot of snow this weekend my gosh the moisture the wetness that yeah, we the got rain it before was, it was crazy mm-hmm. we got a lot yeah i, I just want to throw out there because i heard that conversation with the truck the other day and you know you're spot on dave about you know following the tracks and stuff but also i wanted to mention if you're going to new job sites you might be the first tracks you might be the first person right so walk the job site and the other thing is too don't just barrel into the job site and i don't know i'm second or third gear put it in first gear walk into the job site tiptoe in tiptoe in if you feel the front of that truck you know you can't steer it or you feel like it dip stop because so many times you can back that truck out of the situation the first hop you feel you might still be able to back up and go out of there but yeah the whole you know you mentioned it dave you mentioned it jim if there's if there's no tracks don't go there right just it nobody's been going there why because that's not the way to go. I think sometimes people are, are they're, you don't think that truck can get stuck because it's hauling 80,000 pounds. Right. You think it's pretty, it's pretty rugged, right? Like, I can go anywhere. I can do it. Not the fact. You know yeah, what I mean? Or, you, or you're not paying attention because you're in a pit and trucks are going everywhere. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know? True. I could, yeah. I could yeah. go everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or you're trying to, you know, we talked, we just touched on a little bit last week. You're trying to please the customer get to where your loading area is at you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do because you're trying to accomplish the mission and you just again you just have to stop yeah yep no doubt uh no tips and tricks this week from ray davis i'll have to give him a call make sure he's feeling okay yeah probably a little bit of a he, slow he week some, or busy weekend he some help with the hydraulic spill with the hydraulic hose he did we'll, we'll, yeah we'll call that we'll a count that trick. he gets a tiki mark yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Well, moving on to the high road hauling. Super Dave's not here, what? and you would have, Ryan. You would have enjoyed Super Dave because he does all of our clearinghouse stuff, all the stuff that you talked about. He's he's elbows deep and all that. Nice. And he usually does a high road hauling. So, brother Dave, you want to hit us with I'm, that high I'm road hauling? Honored to fill in for Super Dave and do the high road hauling this week. <laughs> Looks like, and he spent a lot of time. I mean, he prepared. Knew he was going to be gone this week. By the way. Uh, I think that his granddaughter's name is Lexi, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. 
So good luck, Lexi. She's yeah. at a cheer competition in Florida, Florida. Yeah. at Disney, Disney World. World yeah. So Super Dave and Jackie went down to to watch the cheer competition, and I yeah, wish you luck. That was yeah. for his birthday. Looked like it was for his birthday. Right, Couldn't be right. planned better, yeah. right? Yeah, it could have worked out better. I hope hey. your new luggage is working out, Super Dave. Yeah, you got new luggage? luggage? Yeah. 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 He, he was knows a, Super Dave. He was, ex- he was excited. <laughs> they actually did some test packing, or he called it fake packing. What? Yeah, they had to make sure they could fit it all. What? Because <laughs> they were just doing carry-ons. Man, that's, yeah. that's prepared. Dedicated. Yeah. That is dedicated. That's, yeah. that's a... That's a Boy Scout right there. Yeah, and it, and it may not be, it may not have been Samsonite, but a brand like that. He followed them until they had a like a end of the year or New Year clearing, <laughs> and he got all the deals on the luggage. Like it was oh, a nice. three hundred dollar, you know, piece of luggage that was on sale for a hundred or sure. something. So yeah, sure. he was he That's was. Fun. I bet he's preparing because he's got the big trip. Exactly. That's the reason they got it was summer. Uh, yeah, 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 his yep. river cruise. Yep. 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 yep, yep, exactly. Well, Super Dave, thank you for preparing your high road hauling for us. This week is called What is Self-Concept and How Does It Affect Me? Self-concept or self-perception is the image we have of ourselves. It is influenced by many forces, including our interaction with important people in our lives. It is how we perceive our behaviors, abilities, and unique characteristics. For example, beliefs such as I am a good friend or I am a kind person are part of an overall self-concept. It also includes how we view, how you view your personality traits, such as whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. How you see your roles in life, such as feeling that being a parent is the most important mission or succeeding in business is your top priority. Your hobbies or passions that are important to you, such as your preferred sport or political view. Thanks, Super Dave. (laughs) Our self-perception is important because it affects our motivations, attitudes, and behaviors. It also affects how we feel about the person we think we are, including whether we are competent or have self-worth. Self-concepts tends to be more adaptable when we are younger and still going through our growing and discovery process. As we age and learn who we are and what's important to us, these self-perceptions become more, more, much more detailed and organized. It's as most basic self-concept is collective of beliefs one holds about oneself and the responses of others. In other words, who am I? Humanist psychologist Carl Rogers believed that self-concept is made up of three different parts. Ideal self is the first one. The ideal self is the person who wants to be. This person has the attributes or qualities you are either working toward or want to possess. It's who you envision yourself to be if you were exactly as you wanted. The second one is self-image. Self-image refers to you how you see yourself at this moment in time. Attributes like physical characteristics, personality traits, and social roles all play a role in self-image. The last one is self-esteem. How much you like, accept, and value yourself all contribute to your self-concept. Self-esteem can be affected by a number of factors, including how others see you, how you think you compare to others, and your role in society. Self-concept develops, in part, through interaction with family members, friends, teachers, coaches, and the media. Both mass media and social media play a role. When these medias promote certain ideals, we're more likely to make those ideals our own. And the more often these ideals are presented, 
the more they are the more they affect our self-identity and self-perception can self-concept be changed self-concept is not static meaning it can change our environment plays a role in this process how we relate to our changing environment and the people in our lives sometimes a medical diagnosis can change self-concept by helping people understand why they feel the way they do it can provide clarity as to why they feel different self-concept development is never finished with your experiences your loved ones and the knowledge you have about yourself you can work to improve your self-concept and self-esteem it's not an overnight undertaking but through your own determination and support of others you can change your self-perception and increase your happiness and fulfillment you get from living your best life and the quote of this week is a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles and that's from christopher reeves mm. who played superman right what in did he do three was he superman one two and three could be kind of long, long time ago right right, right? right and where he was he was, he was paralyzed in the polo accident so he yeah. he had to overcome some overwhelming obstacles and keep up his self-esteem yep. i think uh self-talk it's super important the way you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, ah, you know, I can't do that. Well, I'm an idiot. Right. Yeah. That stuff. I hate that. Right. You know, when when somebody's seriously. When they're serious about yeah. it. Right, Jim? Yeah. yeah. I made a silly mistake. and like, I'm an idiot. But like, oh, I'm so dumb. I'll never amount to anything. Well, you're right. Because. That's what you believe in. You you're convincing it. yourself yeah. of right. that right now. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Hi, right, guys. Final thoughts? Yeah, mine's a little bit along those lines. Uh, I just ran across the deal from uh, Steve Jobs, and I'm sure he was reflective on, on his life when he before he passed. And uh, I, I have he he five truths, and I just wanted to read I think three of them here that I really enjoyed. But the first one is, don't educate your children to be rich; educate them to be happy. So when they grow up, they will know the value of things, not the price. And I've just I've ran into that so much where everybody wants to talk about the price, mm. but not the value of the thing. Right. And I, I was like, man, that, that, that hits home for me. Uh, the second one is, is something because I, I, I believe in trying to be healthy. And I know we, we talk about it here and talk about it with the guys, but it's a cute little deal here. So eat food as your medicine. Otherwise, you will eat medicine as your food. Mm, so Ooh, true. Like, wow. Okay. So yeah. now that I'm on blood pressure medicine and <laughs> not taking care of, you know, yourself. And the last one out of the five I want to read here. And I just, I just love this one because this is, this is what we talk about all the time. So if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk, uh, if you want to walk far, walk together. Mm. And I know we've we've talked about we've done that things. one, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just I just love it. It's you know, a group, you, yeah. Right? If you, That's if what you want to walk far, do it together. I mean, every part of our creed, the first word is together. So I yeah. mean, we we you, no one can do it by themselves, right? Yeah. The Super Bowl this weekend, if that isn't one of the greatest examples of you know two teams, no matter who wins or loses there, that's two great teams that are going to play this weekend. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I I don't have anything written out. I guess I'll just kind of use that as teamwork. You know, and we talk about the the links in the chain that we are here, you know, and we talk about it all the time. And I just had at my IPOC meeting last Thursday, I had Everett Merritt come up to me and he goes, Dave, how the heck do you keep your truck so clean? You know, and I know we've talked, I feel like we've talked endlessly about this, but it, it never gets old hearing it. And I, it puts a smile on my face hearing it every time. And I'm like, Everett, we've, 
I, you know, we've said it on the pocket. We have three generations working in that wash bay. Huh. That's how we keep it clean. Those people are dedicated to us, and they're they're a link in our chain, mm-hmm. right? You know, and depending on what customer we have, what customer sees that truck first? Is it is it the customer we just interact with that's on the highway in the four wheeler? You know that may not even know that's a clean truck, right? Right, but at least it's not filthy, dirty. So mm-hmm. anyway, huh. yeah, I'm I'm thankful for everybody here that that is part of that chain you know the shop right now they're killing it trying to trying to build those three super dumps and you know we're just we've just got a lot going on even though work is somewhat slow there's always a lot happening here behind the scenes so yeah i'm thankful for that i like that yesterday when i was leaving work uh, i was jumping into the truck and these two gentlemen approached me one guy hands me a business card he's like hey i got a mobile wash business you know i want to know (laughs) I want to know if you guys are interested. I'm like, you know, I was like, well, you know, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, we wash all of our own, our own trucks. He's like, well, just in case. I'm like, I'll take your card because I want to be polite. But just so you know, we have like six or nine people that work here <laughs> washing trucks. Like I wanted to offer him a job. Right, almost, right. You know, so I entertained him. I took his card, but I think they got it. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, I saw that the other day when you were leaving, Jim. Yeah. And I, at first, I thought, wow, do you know those guys? Because they were like behind your pickup almost. It was an odd interaction. Yeah, I was right? like, put my cooler back. They were getting a little closer than I liked. But, <laughs> I bet. Know, they, they, were, they, they, were, they were coming in peace, so it was okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Ryan, you have any final thoughts? Absolutely. You know, that, that high road hauling topic was just really hit home for me. I, uh, I, I tried to live my life with... Uh, you know, in the way that a positive thought leads to a positive outcome. So that that was absolutely a really great topic uh, for me. And you know, a, a lot of people just it's especially in the times. I mean, it's a tough society today with all the things that are going on. Super Dave, that you didn't get to meet here. I apologize for interrupting. He handwriends those. Oh, does he? Really? He doesn't Phenomenal. just copy and paste yeah. that. He puts nice. that together. That, that, so. that was that was beautiful. I loved it. Um, you know, I, I just with that being said, I'm, I feel very blessed to have the business that I had today. So thanks for yeah. having me in. Um, the way that I, I give back to the industry is one of our internal policies we keep our doors open you know um, if you've got a question a comment or concern call us you can go to my website and find my team we don't charge people to ask us questions it's the way I feel that I can give back to the industry for the blessings that have been been bestowed upon me and my team Um, so yeah if they need to to reach out, little little question needs to get answered. It can yeah. uh, if it doesn't get answered, a little thing can turn into a great big thing when it oh, comes boy. into this sure. DOT stuff. So if you need somebody, need some help, you know, reach out. If I don't know, I know people that do. So, Ryan, what's the best way to contact you? Well, you can go to my website, frontrangecompliance.com. That'll give you, you can find, you know, with a contact us, it's got um, myself, my team, and everything else. If you've been lucky enough to attend one of my seminars and you've gotten one of my business cards through the years, which is the, the poker chip, yeah. um, you know, you, that, uh, you know they got a QR code on there you can, you can use. But, uh, again, frontrangecompliance.com. Um, and, uh, you know, my phone number direct, I can give that to you now if you want that. That's sure. 720-951-1184. That'll call me directly. That is my cell phone, so it's with me all the time. Um, but, yeah, like I said, happy to happy to help and, and give back to the to the industry and uh, answer those questions. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah great, great closing. Yeah, right. awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so my final thoughts, uh, Jim and Dave, I know Amber kind of talked to you about uh, last Friday, Friday the 2nd, right? Friday the 2nd was Colorado's Missing Persons Day, so Amber had a chance to go down to the Capitol 
and uh, be around a bunch of people who are also missing people in their families. She actually mentioned she had followed some of these stories, so she recognized the families wow. from the stories that she watched, wow. like YouTube videos on and stuff like that. I just pulled it up because uh, I wanted to learn a little bit about it before I made it my final thoughts. And on the westward.com, you know, here's a picture of Amber and uh, a bunch of other people missing their loved ones. Yeah. I saw her on the news. Did you? She had mentioned to me uh, that there's 606 missing people in Colorado right now. That's a big number. You know, a lot of them, right. a lot of them are kids. Right. You know, and I couldn't remember the numbers, so I got on and I got onto the, I think it was the CBI's website, and it's like 2021 missing persons. And I count many, how many were on a page. And right. there's 606 wow. missing people. So yeah. with that, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Hit that follow button. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to episode 72 and help find Amber's mom, Terry Ackerman. Links to her story will be in today's notes of the podcast. I'm also going to throw on the notes the uh, video for the eight seconds, one fatal. Uh, oh, good call, Jim. Yeah, one yeah. fatal yeah. distraction. So please, everybody, watch that. Uh, Ryan, thanks for being on today. You should thanks add for having me. Ryan's website on there. Yep, I could add your website. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. That'd be great. I'll put a bunch of stuff in the notes. Yep, and yeah. uh, can't see if we can funnel some some company to to you. And yeah, let's say the creed and get on out of here. Great, sounds yep. good. Together we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. Nah, I think I screwed everybody up on that one. But have a great week, everybody. Yeah, thanks, thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks, Ryan. Everybody. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it. see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road those big bright shiny red trucks just a looking for another load well it's a family tradition any rocky mountain day our fathers before us showed us the way we work for asphalt cowboys Concrete kings, but that's never been a problem because we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line We'll lay it all out on the line Those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just a-truckin' down the road Those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just lookin' for another load Those big, bright, shiny red trucks
those big, bright, shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down, and they keep that diesel trucking. Keep that hammer down, and keep that diesel trucking. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. They just keep them doors a closed, keep them butts in their seats. Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat. They've gotta put the hammer down and pick up another load. Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road. Keep them eyes open on the road. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 23, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening.